This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Night Showdown. We are broadcasting live, loud, and proud from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, bringing you pay-per-view coverage of the first TNA pay-per-view of 2010. And yes, if you're tuning in live, you see it right now. The six-sided ring has gone the way of the dodo. They are standing, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. In a traditional wrestling ring, and I gotta say I like it. But joining me on the broadcast live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you, Dave, for that there wonderful you go. cue. We've got the self-proclaimed worldwide phenomenon, Internet Dave. I'll get no, to that no, later. no, 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 no. Not self-proclaimed. Obvious to everyone, worldwide phenomenon. Obvious to everyone except us. Go ahead, JJ. And, of course, we've got Mark the Shark DiCarlo here to spit some venom and give us exactly what he thinks is going to happen tonight on this TNA broadcast. Whether or not you want to hear it. Well, that's that's true. Uh, Boom Boom Sexay will be joining us later on in the program. Not here at the moment. But then, of course, there's me, the Sunday Night Showstopper, the main event, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. 
sexy. And we don't even need that soundbite anymore that you spend a lot of money on producing. You do a much better job of it yourself. That's true. I do a lot of things better about myself. Insert dirty joke here. Never mind. Let's move on. Never tell the shark to insert anything. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Unless you want to tell me to go fuck myself. Go ahead. Go fuck yourself. Thank you. But as we start the broadcast off, we've got Hogan and Bischoff standing in the ring. Speaking of doing things to each other. And I'll actually turn that up just so we can hear exactly what's going on in the ring right now as the crowd booing Hogan mercilessly. I beg your pardon. We're apparently shedding our blood, sets, and tears. Blood, sex, and tears. I I, I like sex is what he said. So So do I. Well, I obviously hasn't been getting any other than from Eric Bischoff since he left you-know-who. Me, the impact crowd does not tell the the story of of the two and a half million people that watched on January fourth. Don't assume what they say is the same as what everyone else thinks. It's quite obvious that these people, like all people, it's human nature. Nobody likes change. What well, change is what we are all about, and it starts here. It starts with this ring. But I'm going to tell you one thing: get used to change, because there's a hell of a lot more. Well, I guess, in closing, guys, there's only one last thing to say. What's you gonna do, Vince McMahon, now that TNA is coming for you, brother or sister? And, of course, there you had it, Hulk Hogan doing what WCW, doing what TNA, (laughs) and I think I said it right the first time. Doing what TNA has been doing for the longest time, calling out Vince McMahon and the WWE, uh, something that really, when they were running WCW years ago, they did, and ultimately it led to their demise. When you look at the situation in TNA, and you look at what happened to WCW, Scotty Poe and Dexter in chat says it exactly right, WCW 2.0, and nothing could be... Nothing could be more closer to the truth as Harmony has been reading the uh, Eric Bischoff book, Cash Creates Controversy, and she tells me every day that she reads the book that TNA right now is exactly like WCW from everything they've done from Hogan's entrance into the company into where they are going. And and you know what? Um, Here we are again, the beginning of a TNA pay-per-view here on Sunday Night Showdown across the... Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network. Um, And yes, we are a network because we have a network of people listening to us. But the simple fact of the matter is is that every TNA pay-per-view, we sit here in the international headquarters of Sunday Night Showdown, Internet Dave, JJ Sexay, Mrs. Sexay, Boom Boom, and and we, we, every time, guys, we say the same thing. Well, you know, on paper, brother... It looks to be a great card. But from some of the spoilers that we've been talking about amongst ourselves before we went on air tonight, we're sure about one thing, 
And I always say this. I'm always sure about one thing on a TNA pay-per-view, and that's that I'm never quite sure. And, I mean, since January the 4th, JJ, uh, we've had, let's see, three babyface Hulk Hogan spots and four Hulk Hogan heel spots. And, of course, tonight, with the unveiling of the four-sided ring, we go back to the heel Hulk Hogan. Well, before we go any further, right now we've got the amazing Red making his way down to the ring, standing in the traditional four-sided ring, which I'm loving, by the way. And his opponent, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? The rumor mill's been churning all week, but it's none other than, of course, former WWE superstar trained by Shawn Michaels, Brian Kendrick, making his debut for TNA Wrestling. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't it the, or he's dropping the? It's just Brian Kendrick now. He has to drop the Brian Kendrick. It's right. the same jacket, though. Well, it's the same gear. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the jacket worn by Brian Kendrick. So is this day 90 or 91 on the 90-day no-compete? This would be, I think, 91. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, well, Kendrick and Red should and you know what? tear this up. Be- before, sorry to interrupt, Dave. Actually, I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> Thanks, Power. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sorry at all. Um, the, the simple fact of the matter is, before Brian Kendrick was in World Wrestling Entertainment, he was one of the top... I'd say six to ten stars in Ring of Honor, and he was a fantastic wrestler. And over the course of, I think he was in WWE for maybe two years. Uh, in, in in his second run, in his yeah. second run. Well, don't forget that they held those tag team championships right. on SmackDown for, what, 11 months? He, he and Paul London, and I yeah. really liked that whole thing, some of it. But when he came back and he was the Brian Kendrick... The, the stupid gimmick that they gave him really precluded, and, and you, you know you can say this about a lot of former Ring of Honor wrestlers that have made their way into WWE, they, they really hinder your style, and they don't let you wrestle to the full capacity. Um, and certainly Brian Kendrick was one of those, and hopefully, because he is a fantastic talent and a, and a great wrestler, that he will get an opportunity to shine and his wrestling uh, skills will shine through here in TNA, and what better way to uh, have his first match in TNA than to hook it up with uh, the amazing Red Who, no matter what you think of him visually, whether it's um, the fact that he goes to the same hairstylist as Internet Dave, and I know some would say Internet Dave has a great face for radio, I concur, but um, no matter what you say about in- uh, the amazing Red, he is... Pound for pound, amazing. one of the most exciting and, and okay amazing wrestlers that there that there is in TNA. But uh, um, you so, know, there, there's very few opponents that they put him with so far in this incarnation of his uh, you know step into TNA that uh, have been. Oh, that was well able done. To very well done. Him. Wow. And of course, the two of them have. I I, I looked this up today. Uh, the two of of them, Brian Kendrick and Amazing Red, ha- did have about six years ago a series of matches in Ring of Honor. That if you want to check it out, go ringofhonorwrestling.com and check it out yourselves. But these guys have wrestled a number of times with each other. Uh, just to answer the question in the chat room, Andy Knowles, the power, saying TNA's newest acquisition is Kendrick. That's one of their newest acquisitions. The other one being Mr. Injury. We're all speculating that <laughs> Ken 
Anderson has signed a contract. In Mr. Fact, Anderson. With TNA Wrestling, uh, as WrestleZone had reported earlier, they were the first to break that story. So tonight we're going to see the debut of <coughs> Mr. Anderson right here in total nonstop. Oh, wait, it's well, not total nonstop action. It's just TNA now. Uh, amazing, just TNA. Uh, amazing Red's being inspired by Brooke Hogan, so... If if anything's going to make him stand up, it's got to be Brooke Hogan. Yeah, well, sitting you, in the front row. You know what? I think somebody might have told the Amazing Red that if he goes over in this match, he might get the opportunity to get a lap dance from Brooke Hogan. Anything is possible, but you know what? I like the fact Brian Kendrick has made his way over to TNA. I think he's going to be a good fit for the X Division. Absolutely, wouldn't surprise me if it's his debut tonight that Did he, he goes would actually over? beat yep. the Amazing Red. I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah, is, at all. This is a title match. And since there was no prediction show this past <laughs> week along the Sunday Night Showdown network, would you like to go out on a limb, uh, Double J? Well, actually, it's a good thing that you brought that up. That's a good segue, Shark. One of the things I've been talking about with the boys over the last couple of weeks is I want to implement a prediction show that I think we're going to start airing. We're going to start it with the Royal Rumble, and I think what we're going to do is the Saturday before the Royal Rumble, we're going to have a live one-hour uh, prediction show. We'll give our thoughts, who we think is going to go over. We'll take phone calls from you, the listeners. And uh, so you guys are fully integrated in it. But we'll let you know for sure. I'll have all the details up uh, by the end of the week, and we'll go ahead and, and get this ready for the Royal Rumble. And, of course, if you miss it on the Saturday night, the good news is you tune into Sunday Night Showdown an hour before the Royal Rumble hits the air, and we're going to be broadcasting live the prediction show prior to Sunday Night Showdown. So you're getting more bang for no buck right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. And, of course, we went the opposite way because, of course, as everybody knows, TNA, with the incarnation of their new program, have taken away from the viewing audience the, re <laughs> the Saturday morning replay. Yeah. We hear... I think that's more Spike, but anyway, go uh, ahead. Okay, um... We here are going to give more bang for your listening buck, and, and like Double J says, replay our prediction show one hour prior to the um, 2010 Royal Rumble one week today, so you can all hear firsthand, or as the case may be, secondhand, um, if you listen to the rebroadcast, what we think, and you can agree or disagree, oh. which is fine. And, and, and dive off the top by we, the amazing we red. Would, we would absolutely love to have our listening audience give us their predictions as well via the Skype line and call in and let us know um, what you think. Guys, I got to tell you, there has there. It seems to me that there's a lot less room between between the ring and the barricade. Oh yeah, maybe four and a half, five feet, and that's a, t maybe on. Maybe I'm wrong, but to me that seems like a lot less than it used to be. Not anything that these guys can't handle, but to me it seems like a lot less. It is absolutely a lot less than uh, the barrier was away from the ring apron when they had the six-sided ring. Um, but the, the guys will uh, will get used to it. I remember in the uh, Stampede Wrestling days, uh, not in the uh, Legion of Doom, Dave, but back when we were doing... Uh, monthly shows in the Victoria Pavilion. Oh yes, that, that the the railings were as close as you see in TNA tonight. And uh, I, as a uh, heelish manager, used to love the proximity of the railing to the side of the ring because uh, it it was utilized in a far no more nefarious 
Bruce Hartism, uh, far more <laughs> nefarious um, way than uh, having the barrier uh, ten feet away, as uh, as is the case with uh, WWE. Brian Kendrick right now has the, uh, as Dave would call it, the Canadian Maple Leaf made Absolutely. famous Jesus by Christ. Lance Storm in the middle of the ring. He just dragged Amazing Red to the middle, and he's going for a STF type submission. Uh, variation maneuver. on the STF, yeah. And I've I got to be honest, guys, this has not been a match where we're seeing a lot of uh, flippy wrestling. These guys are actually going out there and putting on a good match and showing some ring psychology. So uh, I think that as far as the wrestling so far in this opener, I'm very impressed with the styles of both Kendrick and the Amazing Red. And you would think that with Red in the match, the flippy floppy um, style, which you so greatly detest, <laughs> some would say, uh, you have said on many times on this very show, uh, has not been the case. And yes, the, the ring psychology between the two, especially because they haven't had a match with each other in many, many years, um, but they say wrestling an opponent is like riding a bicycle. Once you learn, you never forget. And uh, these two have definitely not forgotten how to put on a five-star match. Not saying that it is, but it is, uh, it's very good. Very, very good so far. Um, Dave, maybe when you have a moment, you could give uh, the good listeners of uh, Sunday Night Showdown uh, the rundown of sure, the matches of TNA Genesis uh, uh, tonight because uh, we're hearing through some reputable sources that there might be a few changes. Well, JJ, why don't you tell us about the rumor that you heard about a certain tag team match for, for this evening? Well, again, uh, I want to clarify that uh, according to WrestleZone, the rumor is that Scott Hall will not be wrestling tonight, uh, mainly due in fact to the... Uh, <laughs> due in fact to... He just tried on a pair of wrestling tights, and his body type he didn't think looked good. Uh, he wasn't in enough. He wasn't in good enough shape, as it were, to wow. actually wear the tights. So wow. they they decided to put Waltman in that spot. Now they're saying Waltman doesn't want to do this, so they have a plan in play tonight. It could be, ladies and gentlemen, rather than Hall and Nash wrestling beer money, it could be in fact Kevin Nash and Eric Young. Wait for it. It could happen right here tonight. Or maybe. At Genesis. Oh, what a beautiful move as wow. Red hits the flip pile driver, retains the X Division Championship in a great move. Looked like he was going for a uh, sunset flip from the outside to the inside. Might have jammed his, his knee a little bit. He might have turned it into his sunset flip powerbomb. And there you have it. He beats Brian Kidrick on his debut. Fantastic match. Still X Division Champion. And here's, replay. here's the replay. Wow. That was almost uh, Canadian Destroyer Petey Williams-ish. Well, I mean, of, it's, it's a move that's of. similar, right. but rather than go, going into a pile driver, it's a powerbomb. Powerbomb, yes, yes. Wonderful, wonderful opening match right here at TNA Genesis. Now, don't be uh, discouraged about Brian Kendrick losing his opening match in TNA. I mean, Amazing Red is a hell of a competitor, and obviously they wanted to keep the exhibition title on him, so Brian Kendrick... Fans, don't uh, don't be <laughs> don't be worried that he's being brought into a new company just a job because obviously he's got some time. But I mean, really, with all the all the talent they're acquiring, guys, I don't know if two hours a week is going to be enough. When Somebody queue up talk the band. about the band here. Should we take a listen to JJ? Sure. Sure. Why not? Me a solid. We did you a solid. Just what you guys got to match tonight. But please don't forget. All right, Kevin, you're under contract. 
Scott, kid, not so much. You, should, you guys still have to prove yourself to Not so much. This thing's moving real, real fast. You know, nothing's changed from the first time we talked. And I know everything's for life, I get that. But now you've got to get for real. These guys are moving fast, real, real fast. Things are happening here. This is your shot. Your one shot, make it count, because there might not be another one. This is the first one, it could be the last one. Make this one happen for yourself. A.K.A. Bye Bye uh, Beer Money. You made it pretty clear. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he is who he is, but it's a good business thing. You know how Hulk does business like a shot. Kev, that's just touring you guys, man. Yeah, but hey. I gotta look good tonight, man. I gotta look good. You earned it, man. You, you earned it. You guys should feel good for you. You earned it. I gotta earn my what? money tonight, Kev. What about me? What about you? you well, he's got the contract. Well, we got the contract. Yeah, but it's... It's one of those type rules. Guys, we're advertising. Exactly. We're advertising. Exactly. Such a turn, man. Come on, man. You know how it is. Scott. Come on. You know how it is, man. Come on. I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? I'm, all right. I ain't afraid. Come on, man. I mean, it's only... Come on. Let us hey, in. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. Easy and Hulk, they know how we roll. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on, man. Big yeah, grouch. Rock, paper, scissors. Here it'll rock. Nothing beats rock. Yeah. And I missed two out of three falls. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was a tie. Come on. That was some some cutting edge, stellar sports entertainment, baby. Interesting television. No, Dave, they're not sports entertainment. No, it's they're wrestlers. wrestlers. Yeah. Well, hello, Sean Morley versus Christopher Daniels. So I'd like just to, to make a short comment on the uh, segment which we were previously subjected to. Um, I, I'd firstly like to say that that was kind of something like out of WCW Saturday Night. And yes. I think that Scott Hall was of the same opinion as Mark the Shark DiCarlo because the velvet, red velvet shirt he was wearing looked like something out of that same era. You know... Wow. I, I don't have a problem with Sean Morley, per se. I think he's a great wrestler, and I really liked his Val Venus character in the WWF, in the Attitude Era. And after the Attitude Era, he just kind of faded to obscurity. He was Chief Morley. Uh, you know, he was a tag team champion with Lance Storm. I didn't have a problem with him. I, I think that he was underutilized his whole tenure there. But what is Sean Morley in 2010 bringing to the table to TNA Wrestling. That's the problem that I'm having with all these new acquisitions at TNA Wrestling. You've got all these guys who, I, I swear to God, I never thought in 2010 I'd be saying the Nasty Boys are in TNA Wrestling. I never thought I'd say Brutus Beefcake is in TNA Wrestling in 2010. <laughs> I, I, Do you know I, something we don't? <laughs> Give it time. I'm he's, sure. He's probably running the cameras. He's there. I'm sure of it. Somebody took a big bump upstairs. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with Sean Morley being in TNA. He is a really good wrestler. And um, the match that he is going to have with uh, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, uh, tonight should be pretty good. What I am having a problem with Double J is the fact that even though he's not calling himself Val Venus, 
he's still doing the Valvinas gimmick. Which, you know, lose the towel, lose the whole gimmick, have some new gear, and, and get away from that. Really. Well, again, that's the gimmick he made famous. Obviously, he can't call himself that. He can't take away from that gimmick. Or he can take from that gimmick. He just can't call himself Val Venus, which is fine. I do have to admit, though, watching Impact this past week, I was very impressed with the setup for this match. Uh, Daniel's promo Very well was done. second yeah. to none. Did a fantastic job, and I really want to see where this goes. Obviously, I think Daniel's has got to go over here, and Morley may you know keep doing what he was doing in WWE. He may be the guy that's helping to put over uh, young talent like Christopher Daniels. And, and being the guy that he professed to be in that promo with Christopher Daniels, and that's the fact that he is heading up the new movie division of TNA. See? Yep. Movies, sexual innuendo. Do you know what I'm liking the most about this show tonight? They've done exactly what I've wanted to see. I love the ramp that they have. Yep. Yep. Because doesn't it go all the way to the ring? It does. Yep. It does. A la New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, A la classic WCW. Yes. From the early 90s. Right. I like that. I've always wanted to see a promotion come back to that. I mean, so they're taking some aspects from Japan. The only thing missing for me right now is that maybe after they go to their next promo spot and after Christopher Daniels completes calling Brooke Hogan the dirty, filthy whore that she is and wearing the same color, I might add, as Sean Morley, which leads me to believe there's some um, dressing room finagling going on between the two of them because she has been finagled in the past. <laughs> I'm sure she has. <laughs> yeah, but but the the thing is, is that I'm waiting. I'm 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 gonna maybe in the next promo break. I'm gonna close my eyes, and maybe when they come back to the to the impact zone, that that Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan will be there to replace Tanay and Taz. Because really, the only two actually, if you want to throw in Scott Hudson, the only three things that are missing from this is the three of them, and then it would be complete. Absolutely. Well, let's not or, forget um, Mr. JL. Right. Yeah, Mr. JL. Right. And let's let's not forget though. In the dying days of WCW, Christopher Daniels was signed to a contract and wrestling with the company when they yep. when they folded. Yes. I I just got to say that I'm in a word since January the fourth, my perspective of TNA is summed up in absolutely one word, and you know I'm not a man of one word. But this word sums up my feelings about what is unfolding in TNA and what's happening in the new Hogan-Bischoff-Carter regime. And the word is disgusted, because that's what I am from sitting back in the day watching those Wednesday pay-per-views to the shit that they're feeding us now, disgusted. Well, Mr. V says it right. He just sent me a, a private message. J.J., did Horace Hogan, ah! Fake Sting, and Virgil appear on the broadcast wow. yet? Give wow. it time. The show is not over. Yeah, if you want to send us uh, questions in the chat room, feel free. Uh, you can send uh, me a private message, ID, or uh, JJ Sexay a, a, a private message when, when it comes to questions. Of course, uh, email is sundaynightshowdown at yahoo.ca. And don't forget... Uh, if you join our uh, podcast network with uh, tpsradio.net, that you can automatically download all Sunday Night Showdown episodes right onto your iPhone, 
and through Ustream, I'm not sure exactly how, but you can listen to any Ustream broadcast live on your iPhone as well. So if you're uh, in the car uh, traveling on a Sunday night and still want to listen to updates from the pay-per-view, and you have an iPhone, uh, check out Ustream.tv for that uh, link location. That was an absolutely, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Double J, that was one hell of a promo. I think he's been practicing that this week. I think he has. Very, and, very and he nice. did a very nice job. Very well, nice and, job. Uh, don't forget uh, about the Pro Wrestling Rewind with uh, our good buddies, uh, the power Andy Knowles and uh, and the king of all Italy, and <laughs> Mike Siciliano. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Rewind is on iTunes, so just, uh, just search Pro Wrestling Rewind in the iTunes Music Store, and you'll find all of their uh, past episodes as well as all of ours. Do you, now, think, do you think Siciliano will call in tonight? Uh, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Well, you know, he could be busy tonight. I mean, he's probably working. I don't know. I'm sure that at some point tonight we'll hear from uh, what about that from in-break? Psycho Siciliano. Well, Psycho Siciliano. Yep. That's a mouthful. That is. But anyways, and, and you know, you, you really think that Mike Siciliano will, will have some reoccurring role in the second incarnation on HBO of, uh, of The Sopranos. Look, Daniels has instituted the Hell's Gate. Yes. <laughs> that was a complete bite. Well... When, when it comes to what we saw this past Thursday on Impact, as well as just the promo that we heard from Christopher Daniels now, it's kind of the whole CM Punk idea where he's been, where he's offended. Excuse me, he's offended by Dave. Have you been drinking? Uh, too many carbonated beverages. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, he, he's offended by Sean Morley's kind of stance on <coughs> pornography and and deceitful behavior and, and stuff. And having and, a t- and having a TNA movie division. And he's being booed as a heel, just like CM Punk is. Where, if you're offended by uh, bad language or bad action, or you're you don't drink, you don't smoke, and you don't do drugs, that's you're the bad guy. I mean, obviously, Punk is taking that from a different. Well, perspective, and as we all know, that's a complete work because in Christopher Daniels' last foray here into Calgary at yeah. uh, the bar formerly known as Bottoms Up Sports Pub, he didn't have a problem drinking all that free Jack Daniels at all. No, we had no, quite the really. time talking with Chris Daniels that night. We were all kind of where, where was wasted. I that night? I don't know. Once again, I don't get invited. To there that. was, as our good friend J.R. Foley, the guru of managers of Stampede Wrestling, once said to you, Dave, personally, he said, and I was there, Dave, there's a party tonight, and you're not invited. Anyways, uh, by the way... I went sh- home after that show. Uh, I don't know where you guys went. Uh, sh- we, we stayed, and we didn't tell you what we were up to. Ha-ha! Anyways, um, just a quick shout-out to uh, Crelly. Yes, you no- finally got it. Not Corelli. But I have been corrected, and it is not Corelli, it's Crelly. So, Crelly, call in tonight on the Skype line. Dave, what's that number again? Uh, not right away, but 501-588-7957. Because Crelly's last appearance on this very show last week was uh, very un like He There was nothing. There was, he was I didn't know whether he was drunk, whether he was sleeping, or, or passed out, and he just woke up, decided to call in. But it wasn't the normal cutting-edge, cutting Crelly. And maybe he'll call in tonight. Please do, Crelly. And Siciliano, you call in, too. Well, guys, uh, not to switch gear or not to change topics too much, I got a, uh, an instant message from Phil Hart in the chat. He has a quick question. I'm going to kind of roundtable it to you guys. How long do you think it will be before Hogan is wrestling? I'm going to start this one off. I watched an interview recently with Hulk Hogan that they did on the Fight Network here in Canada. And it was a nice sit-down interview with, I believe, Jason Powell. And he basically says that he would love for the fans to 
build something for a Sting Hogan rematch from years ago. So I'm thinking by summertime, we're going to see Hogan and Sting one more time. Punch kick, punch kick, leg drop, kick out, reversal, scorpion death lock, one, two, three, good night. And hopefully it doesn't last much longer than that. Because I, I would like to think that, and they've been teasing us with these still shots of staying up in the rafters, what they've now about three shows, I think. Uh, yeah. Couple, uh, well, the, the 4th and the 14th. Okay. Um, and we really haven't gotten any information at all what their plans are for Sting or what Sting is actually doing. But uh, I'd like to think that uh, the the last bit of... Uh, and there's a really interesting uh, attempt at a uh, submission maneuver by the fallen angel Christopher Daniels on the artist formerly known as Val Venus and now known as his real name, Sean Morley. Uh, and he's not tapping. Yet the referee is asking him. However, um, I'd really like to think that they're going to do something special with Sting, Steve Borden, in his final match or series of matches in TNA before he retires. Because, honestly, I'd like to see Sting retire soon. Um, and maybe they'll have a double retirement match between the two of them. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. But, you know, Hulk Hogan had... Hip sur- was it hip surgery last year or back surgery? It was or back surgery, and I think he's had some hip problems as well. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to, and I agree with you, Dave. I, I really would like to see the on-camera persona of the booker of TNA to be left alone just to Hulk Hogan. But I think that the whole Hogan-Bischoff-Carter thing has included... Obviously, Eric Bischoff on an on-camera role, and it's somewhat nauseating to say the least. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I just I'm not liking the changes so far. Um, it's it's taken away from from the wrestling aspect of what TNA was uh, very famous for and how, how enjoyable their watching their shows had become. But you know what? It it is what it is. I've spoken my piece. Let's move on. I, I'm liking though. The, the conventional four-sided ring. I really did enjoy uh, um, m- many of the aspects of the six-sided ring, but this makes it a lot easier, I think, for the wrestlers and for the viewing. Uh, you know what? I'm just waiting for, I don't know, say in the coming months, we have a big TNA logo that opens up and the guys come out through the TNA logo. Because then once that happens, it'll be exactly... Yes. Like the end of WCW. The or maybe end. we could have, like, aluminum TNA on the stage. Right. You know, that wrestlers, oh. that wrestlers could fight over, which would, would be so reminiscent of WCW. And uh, here's Val. Going the money shot. Sean Morley's slipping. He's trying. Uh, well, and, and here the, the plastic-covered ropes in TNA are a lot slipperier. Hit it perfectly yeah. and got the pin. Wow. Over the man who had a world title shot just one month ago, and, and we did, Sean Morley and, goes over him. And we didn't predict, make our predictions on this match, but I hasten to say if we did, neither one of the three of us would have picked Sean Morley. Well, you know, it's fantastic to see Sean Morley go over here. Uh, I didn't think he was going to pull the money shot off. It looked like he had a little too much Vaseline on that top rope. Wow, that was a bit of a Freudian slip, that comment. Think about that for a second. You said Vaseline when Brooke Hogan was on the screen. 
I'll, I'll tell you, you Sting, bastard. probably Sting Hogan for Slammiversary uh, in June. If they wait till Bound for Glory, that would be a bad thing because obviously Bound for Glory is the show that they pay the most attention to, where they want to promote the guys the most. So if you include a Sting Hogan match on their biggest show of the year, that's a mistake. But Slammiversary could be in June, five months from now, could could be the night as we get ready for Terra and ODB. Well, two and you out of three fall. If that was going to be the scenario, and I know we got to go to break, if that was going to be the scenario between Sting and Hogan, what we're going to be subjected to, um, Sting shots with no apparent reasoning as to what he's going to be doing for the next five months until they take about a month to build up a Sting-Hogan thing. Oh, my God. With that being said, it's time to take our first commercial break of the evening. Oh, I hear the Macho Man in my headset. And you know what? Could that be a, your cue, your fantasy booking, that in fact... Oh, I want to get funky. Funky like a monkey. I can dance. Remember the time back in 89 when Hogan and I were tagging up? We used to jam in the back to this. This is the shit. Oh, yeah. Sunday Night Showdown will return after these messages. Right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. Dang it! Presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. While lesser designers would shy away from putting 300 pound men in spandex, you embrace it. Yes, you do. Pushing fashion to its limits, literally. You pair tights with a cape, a leotard with a mask, leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy. Because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe
All right, welcome back, guys, to Sunday Night Showdown, exclusively right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. Thought we had a near fall. We got an actual fall. Tara's won the first fall. They're leading. He's lead, uh, Tara leads one to nothing as the two out of three continues here at Genesis, ODB, and Tara. Very interesting. That was very quick into the match. We've only been, what, two minutes in? Look, yeah, looked like a kind of a botched uh, botched pin attempt, which ODB uh, held down for us. So. Well, let's run down the rest of the card here for TNA's Genesis pay-per-view. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't rename it Sold Out either, So, or Uncensored, or uh, Bash at the Beach, because Orlando's near beach. So, uh, AJ and Kurt, don't forget... As long as AJ is the champion, this is Kurt's last shot in 2010, a year that just started three weeks ago. Hold on, hold on. I actually had his mic turned off so he couldn't talk. He figured it out, though. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, AJ Styles against Kurt Angle. So if, if Kurt does not win tonight, he does not get any more chances at, uh, at the world title as long as AJ is the champion during 2010, which I think is a great, great stipulation. Uh, obviously, TNA will reveal a new major acquisition. The rumor, of course, being Mr. Anderson. Uh, I think it's Shane McMahon. Go ahead. Mr. Cur Anderson. Nash and currently Nash and currently Hall against Beer Money. As uh, Tarek goes for the uh, tarantula. tarantula. The tarantula. How uh, poetic, seeing as how she has a tarantula, yeah. that she uses the tarantula. Thanks to Tajiri for that one, by the Bobby, way. Bobby Lashley and his horrible heel turn with his wife against the monster Abyss. British Invasion against Matt Morgan and Hernandez for the World Tag Team titles. X Division, obviously, the Amazing Red successfully defended against Brian Kendrick. Desmond Wolfe and D'Angelo De Niro. And if you, and if you caught TNA today... Uh, live or well not live but on YouTube they just furthered this angle and the Pope is impressing me every time and I you're see not him. impressed easily at all not, as we know well I mean I always enjoyed Elijah you're part Burke. of the Pope's congregation now aren't you I'm getting closer yeah right. I, I always enjoyed Elijah Burke and I enjoyed uh, that foursome that he was a part of in ECW absolutely uh, Daniels losing to Sean Morley and once again you can tell her Hulk Hogan's in charge because uh, the guy who just had a world two world title shots at the last two pay-per-views, just lost to a guy who's been in the company for a week? 10 days. Yeah, okay. Uh, and ODB and Tara, currently two out of three. Tara up one to nothing here for the women's knockout championship. But to me, guys, uh, <clears throat> has it looked like in the last two shows where, obviously, in addition, Hogan mentioned that they should have done a follow-up on uh, <clears throat> Thursday, January 7th, as to have three shows to build up this pay-per-view rather than just two. So he realized they made that, that error instead of a 10-day follow-up between the 4th and the 14th. That it, It's not to the degree where it was the uh, the Millionaire's Club against uh, the New School, but um, to me this seems like an, more of an absolute reset than I've ever seen where, where a lot of angles, except this being the exception, ODB and Terra, where a lot of things just have been just really... Invented and everything else was dropped away. Like we haven't seen Raven and Doctor Stevie, and we haven't seen three quarters of the knockouts. Well, you bring up a very good point. Watching Impact this past week, um, I thought it was fantastic, and I'm being sarcastic, by the way, um, that we would see the fruition so quickly 
of the masked man who's been attacking AJ Styles. Within the course of 10 minutes, Tomko comes out, takes off the mask. We know it's Tyson Tomko. And then within 10 minutes, guys, they're doing a promo package showing him and AJ as, a tag te- as the tag team champions. And he's cutting a promo about how he's getting his title match tonight. All within 10 minutes of being unmasked. And, Way and to I, blow your load in 10 minutes. And I thought to myself, <laughs> wow, not only does TNA have you know cutting-edge retro concepts that they've stolen from a defunct company, but they've got the best production I've ever seen. Because within 10 minutes, they're already putting this stuff up. Now, obviously the point to that was they wanted to out with the old, in with the new. And the best way to do that was to get rid of the whole masked man that attached that attacked AJ and move on to new things. Now, they succeeded with that. But again... Um, way too quickly. They always... It just seems to me like they really want to insult your intelligence here in TNA. I want this, this company to succeed. I do. I know I'm pessimistic. I know I give them shit all the time. I want them to run head-to-head with Monday Night Raw. Not because I think they're going to beat Raw in the ratings, but because if I get bored watching Raw, I want that alternative to flip the channel. And Click. Competition obviously breeds success to both companies. It makes the guys in the WWE step their game up. It makes the guys in TNA work their ass off. And I think that's what we need. I couldn't agree with you more, Double J. And uh, uh, just a, a sidelight, uh, Mr. Poindexter in the chat was referring <laughs> so eloquently, and I couldn't agree more. This is the Terra ODB tribute to the Golden Girls. And uh, uh, and did she just pull a, <laughs> a, a uh, bra a pad? She pulled a falsy out of her, and she God only knows she doesn't need it with the size of her juggalos. Um, but, um, of course... Lisa Marie Verone, Tara, um, in the role of B. Arthur. And, you know, I'm just not down at all with this feud. So, so does that mean the ODB would be like Blanche? Blanche! Blanche the slut! Wow. Yeah. You know what? Both of them seem to be breathing rather heavily and seem really uncomfortable in and the ring. And what is up, Dave, with ODB continually taking her own pulse? Yeah, she's checking her heart rate for some reason. Her heart, her, her neck. She even. Had two fingers in her right butt cheek there Once for a little while. Wants to make sure her implant's still uh, in in one piece. But you know what? I, I've really liked this build up, and I'll tell you why. Now uh, the whole idea that widow's peak, oh, widow's peak and a beauty. Can she win it two to nothing? Yes. Yes, she can. Tara wins the title, and for the first time in quite a while on this side of the Atlantic, a two out of three falls match is won two to nothing. Tara regains her knockout championship. I don't remember the last time seeing a two out of three, two to nothing. I think back in the Saturday night main event days with the bu- the Bulldogs and the Hearts, but right. but uh, two to nothing, and Tara gets her belt back. I just realized who the uh, older of the two bleach blonde bimbats sitting at ringside um, is. Of course, one is Brooke Bimbet, and the the other one is uh, Belinda Bimbet. Uh, Hulk Hogan's latest bimbed girlfriend. His, well, la- she's his not latest acquisition. His latest, his latest lap dance. Well, I mean, girlfriend. Well, she's not 19 like everyone was saying she she's was. She's 23. Or Come on. He's not that sick. <laughs> <laughs> but just the idea that how they built this up with ODB saying that Tara was still a diva and that she was, she was, she was not a, as quality a wrestler as the knockouts were. Great build into the Widow's Peak. And that is 
the best finisher. I said this when she premiered it two or three years ago with Vince. That's the best finisher in wrestling uh, right Dave. this minute. That it, Definitely in women's wrestling, and it could be argued it's the best finisher in all of wrestling at this point. I used to think that the Widow's Peak and the Canadian Destroyer were like hand-in-hand, hand, Double J. Well, did you just say that she debuted it two or three years ago? Hasn't she had that since, what, 2003, 2004? You know how he gets well, his dates I mean, mixed up. Come on. Well, I mean, she, this is 2010, brother. Come on. I don't think she premiered it right when she started. Yes, she did. Oh, okay. Well, then, for five years she's had it, and it's a great move. Men's or women's. Double J, I, I need to ask you a question, brother. Because I know you're, you're generally the guy on this show that's in the know. And well, you know something, brother, dude. Brother, 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 brother. What? I really, I, I have two questions for you. One, are you... Are you really of the opinion that we're not too far off from seeing a Macho Man Savage appearance in TNA? A, don't answer yet, A. And B, more importantly than that, who's sleeping with Christy Hemme? I'll shut up and let you give your answers. Well, I think everybody's had their shots. There's no more rock and rave infection that's going around. So I think maybe Christy Hemme is celibate at this point in time in TNA. Come on, you really don't believe that, do she you? She just got engaged, actually, over, really? over the Christmas holidays. To yes. whom? To a non-wrestler. I'm disgusted at that answer, but go ahead. Okay. As far as Elijah Burke, I know you mentioned this earlier, Dave. I've always been a fan of Elijah, and I like, I like what he brings to the table. I'm not a big fan of the Pope gimmick, but he's doing a good job with it. And I love the fact <laughs> that on... A, well, on the January 4th edition of Impact, he got the win over Desmond Wolf. I thought that was fantastic. So I'm actually hoping that tonight he does beat Desmond Wolf, but I don't think Desmond Wolf has won a match since he's been in the company. So he's probably due. I think he beat uh... <coughs> oh Samoa Joe. He beat him yeah, on Impact beat... clean. Yeah. So d it, it's amazing to me what the ladder of TNA is right now. I mean... Based, you could honestly say that Sean Morley, based on the result tonight, is near the top, and that uh, based on the fact that he beat the guy who lost the world title opportunity in Christopher Daniels, and that uh, the Pope is ahead of Desmond Wolfe, who is ahead of Samoa Joe. And you notice that none of the uh, Money in the Bank or Feast or Fire cases have been cashed in. They're either going to forget about them like they don't even those. exist, yeah. or all three are going to get cashed in in one in one night, and uh, none of them are going to win. I think it. we've seen the end of them. They haven't made reference to those at all uh, since well, the Hogan the Joe, They did with, sorry, they did with the Joe Wolfman. Right, right. And really, isn't the greatest current tagline that anybody uses in TNA, very simply, the Pope has spoken, that to me is the best. That is. You're absolutely right. But I think that they're done with all the old storylines. Obviously, the yeah. briefcases are gone. Yeah. You know, we're done with the whole Tomco thing. I don't even know if he's in the company anymore. Yeah, because it was a one-shot deal with him. He's gone. I yeah. think all of those Russo, <laughs> all those Russo-rific, as, as you coined it, Double J. All those I thought I did, but anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to take I take away all your, the credit on this show. Your thunder. <laughs> it doesn't matter if don't you come up with it. It's mine. Don't mean all to steal any of the, the worldwide or the international phenomenon's thunder. Is that, did I get it right that time? Worldwide phenomenon. Worldwide phenomenon. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, no, I think all the Russo-rific gimmicks are out the door. And the thing that's surprising to the shark is that Vince Russo isn't out the door. 
not yet. They wouldn't fire him immediately. But I'll tell you something. They should work that into an angle, you know, on-camera angle. A fight between Bischoff and Russo, loser leaves the company. Well, Why not? I I bet you, Russo, that was one more. Rob Terry winning the X Division title shot, (laughs) to me, was a... was a shot at the at the IWC at the internet wrestling community because Rob Terry in an X division match makes no sense. Kevin Nash, of course, won the uh, World Tag Team Titles uh, opportunity. Samoa Joe, they may cash in Samoa Joe, but I think that would be the only one of the three. And of course, uh, Sheikh Abdul Bashir getting fired, although he was on his way out of the company anyway. Well, you know something? It's funny. You, you bring up Samoa oh, Joe. But go ahead. Yep. You bring up Samoa Joe. I, I got to think at this point, after the clean, I mean, ultimately clean loss to Desmond Wolf, I got to think that Hogan and Bischoff are sending Joe uh, to Hollywood so he can go be on The Biggest Loser because Joe has got to lose some weight. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was his his exit out of the company until he gets in, in better shape because Joe just looks awful, and his work rate has really suffered because... He's in such bad shape. But you know what? Even despite the heel turn and the, the membership and the main event mafia, and, and it, once we get back to our years in review, the, uh, I think the worst angle of the year in 2009 was, was the, the fading out of the main event mafia. Anyway, the fans in the Impact Zone, which once again does not reflect the 2 million fans that uh, watch Impact, uh, they want to cheer Samoa Joe again, just like they did two or three years ago, where he was just killing everybody, Joe's going to kill you, that kind of scenario. And Hogan and Bischoff may decide that that he's not worth it, and I don't think they'd be dumb enough to release him from his contract, but he may, as you just said, take a very diminished role, which is not what the fans would want. No, and they they would definitely not want that, Dave. And, And I really think that at this point that Samoa Joe Double J might be best utilized in a very hard heel to baby face turn and let the fans have what they want and, and maybe that failing an appearance on the world and the biggest loser might be the only direction that that maybe you could foresee being the all-knowing all-seen prognosticator that you are that they might be able to do with uh, Samoa Joe at this point yeah that, that's a good point just looking at uh, some of my personal messages I've got quite a few from Mr. V and back to the uh, topic at hand, we were talking earlier about some, uh, not Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle and AJ Styles. Uh, if Kurt Angle loses, V says that he will dress as Mr. America and get the title by lockdown. It could happen. Speaking of lockdown, is the all-cage format pay-per-view a thing of the past now thanks to the new regime? I don't mind it being an all-cage pay-per-view as long as there's not gimmick after gimmick in the cage. Well, and, and I obviously we've seen the last... And it won't be referenced as a Six Sides of Steel anymore. Well, and I think the good thing about that, if they do have lockdown in that format, I think that with Hogan and Bischoff doing the booking and controlling the company, I think it will just be your main event in the cage, which is how it should be, quite frankly. Hopefully, yep. Because, I mean, I know I know Harmony is, like, really in love with the whole all-cage format, but... Me, not so much. For different reasons than what we're speaking of. <laughs> that we will the, not discuss the, on the air. Oh, oh we'll, we'll discuss. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh the cage oh, around the bed. We won't. Yeah. It's damn true. We will discuss it, but we'll wait for Harmony to be in studio. Oh, no, we won't discuss it. <laughs> it it's your second favorite day of the year, isn't it? Usually, yes. <laughs> wow. But uh, what a great match we're seeing as I'm changing the subject horribly. 
Um, the British Invasion against Hernandez and Matt Morgan. This is for, of course, the TNA World Tag Team Championship. And I think my prediction here, I'm going to stick with the British Invasion to retain these titles. I would much rather see Hernandez and Morgan go out on their own and do something rather than win tag team straps. Well, you see the fan at ringside holding up the street sign. I'm sure it was a custom-made number made. Blueprint Boulevard. That tells you something, because that person and that sign was at the January 4th show. They were at the Impact taping this past Thursday, and they're, they're there tonight. Maybe that's somebody who lives in Orlando. But uh, and, and once again, let me reiterate the fact that the fans in the Impact Zone do not pay an admission to get in to the Impact Zone. They very simply line up, and if they line Five up... Five or six hours in advance. At least, and, and if they're lucky enough, they get in. I believe... And maybe the chat room can uh, can clarify this. If you go into the park and spend your day at the park, you get top of the front of the line access. You do pay perhaps. your park admission, however. You have a frown on your face, Dave. What's up with that? I'm thinking. I wouldn't think all these Impact fans who I go to the do, shows. I wanted to savor that moment for a second. Who go to the shows week after week after week have to pay to get into the park. I mean, that's probably your fifty or sixty dollar uh, hit to get into Universal Studios Orlando. Oh, that's hot but, shot. But it's, I think it's a five or six hour, uh, five or six hour wait. Uh, Unless you, know, you go to the park and then you get friend of the line. Let me say, I'm really enjoying you guys. You're very vocal tonight in the chat, especially with the private uh, messages. The Anarchist, formerly known as uh, AJB, who actually is one of the members of the Showdown Championship Wrestling EFED, one of the newest ones. There's a video uh. up on the Facebook page. The Anarchist, Adam Brown. Uh, he's got a question. What do you guys, you guys were talking about Joe, and I agree he needs to change, but how would you guys fix his character? Okay. Who wants to start this one off? Well, I've already kind of said what I'd like to see happen, and that's a, a Samoa Joe um, babyface turn back to the old uh, Joe's going to kill you days, and, and uh, I think if it doesn't happen soon, the only thing getting killed will be Samoa Joe's career in TNA. Well, I mean, uh, he was the face against Desmond Wolf this past uh, week on, on Impact. So uh, I think people have quickly forgotten his association uh, with with the main event mafia, especially since Kurt Angle's a babyface now. And like I said, it we can never read Vince McMahon's mind, and at this point we can't read Hulk Hogan's mind. So what what we may want to see is something that Hulk Hogan may may do or may do the complete opposite of. As far as what I would do to Samoa Joe to to really help his character along, I think he definitely needs that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. V just just completely threw me off track. It's Joe is going to eat you. <laughs> Thank you for that, V. Um, wow. If it were up to me, you, you booking, better stop looking at that while you're talking. I better. Yeah. If it were up to me, what would I do with Samoa Joe? First of all, I'd have him lose about 50 pounds and get in the best shape of his life. Um. I really miss the old days with Samoa Joe. Back in 2005, when he was the best wrestler in the world, you know, when he was the Ring of Honor standout prior to joining TNA Wrestling, uh, when the fans really got behind him and his gimmick was solid. Another thing, we got to get this guy some better, uh, better accessories in the ring. Better gear. I, I'm sick yeah. of the. I mean, obviously, the Roman he's, he's Emperor not, look. Thank you. He's not wearing the. Uh, thank God, he's not wearing the couch anymore. The the sofa Joe gear. But now he's wearing with something. the Mike Tyson facial tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it looks like he's wearing something out of uh, 
gladiator or something. Yeah. Like, like out of a boxing ring. Invictus. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. I mean, it's like a soccer player in the movie Invictus. I mean, shit. Let, let's go back to the to the shorts. What was wrong with that attire? Yeah. I thought it, it it suited him. And Double J, if you recall when Samoa Joe was here for the Bad News Allen's uh, tribute Super Show, and you and I did uh, uh, commentary on that very broadcast, that he was in way better shape then than he is now. I hasten to say he's at least 20 pounds heavier from the pectoral to the uh, belt line area than he was at that point. Well, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sit here and dog Samoa Joe. I've worked shows with him. We all have. Yep. And I think he's a great guy. I think he's he's a great talent in the ring. But, I mean, it's noticeable. And a noticeable. funny guy. And he a is funny, funny guy. guy. Yeah, great, great guy. conversations with him after shows, yeah. But it, it's noticeable that, I mean, he's gotten quite heavy, and he's not the same wrestler he used to be. I think Samoa Joe needs a drastic change. Now, maybe somebody told him that working off of the whole Samoa thing, that he needed to gain weight. You look at all the great Samoan wrestlers over the course of time, failing, of course, Dwayne Johnson, who we'll talk about later in this very broadcast, um, that maybe somebody told him he needed to gain some weight to, to play out the Samoa angle. I'm just, I'm just theorizing. Well, you know, if he wanted the Rikishi gimmick, then he's on the right path to it. Uh, you know, we do have Bischoff and Hogan running things, so anything is possible. I think Rikishi could be a possible candidate for a future job in TNA Wrestling, given the fact, Absolutely. Yeah. Given the fact that he is training currently Nick Hogan, or Nick Balea, uh, for a, you know, life in professional wrestling. Well, and of course, uh, the artist, for, I think he just calls himself Kishi now. The Kish. The Kish. The whole quiche and nothing but the quiche. Oh, <laughs> Hernandez with a beautiful face buster to Brutus oh. Magnus. And Matt Morgan with Magnus the carbon footprint. <laughs> New tag team champions. Yep. As uh, as Brutus Magnus had already d- dove in backwards. To not dove, take not that dove in, just dove. dove yeah. backwards to not take that carbon footprint. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Matt Morgan and Hernandez looked fantastic throughout that entire contest. And... This is a great, great thing for two guys that they really pushed in 2009, said that they were the future of this company, even before the name Hulk Hogan got mentioned in the locker room at TNA and Wrestling. And speaking of losing weight, look at, the w- look at the way that Hernandez has leaned up. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's leaned great. up without bulking up, yep. and uh, I think he looks fantastic. And this is a great first step for these two guys. Like I said, this is, this is a company that needs oh. a world television title. Intercontinental U.S. title because one of these two would be the the leading candidates, but uh, fantastic idea. To me, I think thanks to Hogan and Bischoff, the world elite might as well be completely dead because unless uh, you saw the the back of the tights of of uh, Doug Williams with the W.E., you wouldn't know the world elite elite existed. had even existed. Yeah. So um, if you don't hear anything from the world elite from this week's tapings forget they even existed to begin with. And uh, speaking of uh, changes, here's uh, the boss, Bobby Lashley, who apparently is pissed off. Oh, you s- <laughs> oh, that's so fucking stupid. Dave, what are you really thinking? Well, well, Bobby- well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The reason this is happening, and again, WrestleZone reported this earlier, that Bobby Lashley was going to be taken out of this match by Abyss in the backstage segment, and Abyss would wrestle later on tonight on this broadcast, and he would face TNA's newest acquisition, Mr. Injury! Wait for it. 
century. And it looks like that is absolutely official as Hogan and Bischoff are livid. Let's go to that in progress. He just called Hulk Hogan Mr. Bishop. No, he said he was going to attack him. Okay, all right. Brother, brother. Do me one thing. Anything at all. I'm begging you, please. Don't make me crazy. You promise? You won't make me crazy. No, sir. Never. You know what crazy is, right? Yes, sir. Don't make me crazy. Yes, sir. I will not do that. I'm crazy enough for both of us, sir. Good. Well, then take all that craziness, all that hardcore stuff, all that insanity, put it in a little teeny package, and leave it in the locker room, okay? Everybody has to prove themselves here at TNA. I want to see what you're really made of, what you can really do in that ring. Yes, sir. And you're going to have your match tonight. Yes, sir. And I'm not going to let you down. I'm bringing my A game, sir. This can be. This Don't worry about it. Wait till you see. This is going to be even better. Oh, God. So do me one favor. Yes, sir. Get ready. I'll be ready, sir. I won't let you down, Hulk. I'm going to be A game. Okay, so let me get this straight. Bobby Lashley goes from beating the fuck out of the guy who stalked his wife, who we still haven't seen, to on January 4th on the live show, asking for his release thanks to his wife, does a massive heel turn on the crowd for absolutely no reason, None. saying that he wants to, out of his contract right. because... He wants to be a mixed martial arts wrestler. Gets booked into a match where he has absolutely no build-up against a random opponent. And now has been knocked out by a laptop to the hand. So he cannot compete. Now, like you were saying at the beginning of the evening, Shark, there's a rumor that he's going to be facing uh, a different opponent right. the night before the Royal Rumble live on uh, Strikeforce, live on CBS. <clears throat> and I'll let you divulge the name in a moment, but it seems like his opponents has changed about three or four times. This has been one messed up month for Bobby Lashley. Well, and, and I think it all stems from the fact that maybe um, he, he really doesn't... Oh, and, and we're, we're viewing the, the unveiling of the new uh, ring attire of Desmond Wolf, and he kind of looks like a skydiver, and now he's even got a valet with him in the ring. Um, Dave, I, I really think that, that the uncertainty of the goings-on of one Bobby Lashley stems from the fact twofold. A, yes, we still don't know who his actual opponent will be on the Strike Force Mixed Martial Arts pay-per-view coming up on Saturday night, uh, January the 30th. And his whole direction in TNA, the apparent heel turn uh, via his wife, Crystal, and then the subsequent uh, uh, goings-on with him on, on, on Impact, and certainly for no apparent reason whatsoever, certainly to any of the viewers or us here in the Sunday Night Showdown 
control room that what in God's name is going on with Bobby Lashley. And uh, it's very confusing, and it's not leading anywhere. And maybe later on his retribution against the Monster Abyss in whatever match he might have uh, later on in the show, insert Mr. Anderson here, that maybe Lashley will come out and gain a, a measure of revenge against Abyss later in the show, Double J. Well, I've got a uh, message, private message in the chat from Rick, who is with CarnageCrew.net, which is a great show on hey, Tuesday Hey, Rick, how night, you doing? Uh, at CarnageCrew.net. And again, he's on our links on the main page there, so definitely check them out. But Rick says there's a shred of truth to the Lashley deal. Strike Force doesn't want him to do any wrestling for the eight weeks prior to his fights, which is in the Strike Force contract. So i got to be real honest. Hearing that... Knowing the fact that that is what's going down, it doesn't seem to me like Bobby Lashley is going to be long for TNA wrestling. No, no, and and certainly having said that, and I did I did read that um, this afternoon. However, I really thought that we have some sort of better booked closure um, as we watch the valet unzip the pants of Desmond Wolf while his opponent's music plays. Well. You know, she she did a hell of a job unzipping his pants. But we'll, we'll get I'm sure she's done it before. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. <laughs> you, you, I beg your pardon. I said Spencer. Sure, who the I? fuck is Spencer? I don't know. You don't know who the fuck Spencer. Fuck Spencer. And anybody looks like Spencer. Yeah, Anyways, Spencer. The, yep. the, the the simple fact of the matter is that, and you saw the the nature of which. Are you? Wait a minute. Are you the one mention of, of lockdown and cage and, and harmony and you've lost your mind. But anyways, the simple <laughs> fact of the matter is is that even the, the computer monitor shot that Abyss administered to Bobby Lashley, he really didn't even hit him. And then where does Lashley bump? He bumped on the couch, right? So this whole, I think that maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I mean, if they want to send away... Bobby Lashley, um, and, and give us a reason. Maybe that was it. Maybe we're not going to see Bobby Lashley at all. And you know what? If I'm Scott Coker, the owner of Strike Force, and I'm going to invest time, money, and effort into the MMA career of Bobby Lashley, you know what? I'm not going to fucking let him wrestle uh, in TNA or anywhere else, for that matter. A- and go ahead, Dave. Sorry. No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But especially against a guy like Abyss. I mean, uh, I mean, <clears throat> Chris Park could kick my ass. There's no doubt about that. But I, I would have, I would have trepidations about facing Abyss. And th- this is the problem when you've got Hall and. Na- this is another example. Hall Nash. Yep. Uh, one, two, three, and uh, and this issue when you're booking a pay-per-view, twelve to thirteen days in advance, where you can't go backwards on it. Right. You cannot. I mean, this is not the last first time that teenagers had to make changes, but 12 to 13 days in advance, this this is a this is an issue for them. And I mean, especially because Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday they're taping the next month worth of tapings, looking ahead to Against All Odds live on Valentine's Day. Triple taping. Febu- yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, I heard that. February the 14th, Against All Odds. So I guess Shark, you and I will be doing that show uh, alone because Harmony and JJ will be on their on their Valentine's Day uh, date. Date, right? So uh, <laughs> we'll be here for uh, for Against All Odds just because TNA is going to be here for Against All Odds. But that's the problem when you're booking two and three and four weeks in advance. 
And uh, and Hope I, I did think... say this last week, Dave, that he really didn't like it. That, no. that, that it took away all, all momentum uh, leading into a pay-per-view that, in fact, they were doing triple tapings and, and having to tell a story in, in three nights that was... And, and you know, when that happens, the, 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 the wrestlers have to really be reminded on numerous occasions prior to going to cut promos, prior to doing matches, the timeline associated with what each and every one of the workers is doing, given the fact that they're doing it for air on a specific date, not on the date that they're doing it. But the wrestlers in TNA have been doing this for a number of years where they're pre-taping impact um, generally on the Mondays and generally doing double shots for the for the following two weeks, so they're they're very uh, they're very attuned to uh, the inner workings of of that, and certainly the fact that it was stated today on uh, on uh, MMAWeekly.com and also on SureDog.com that uh, Scott Coker was trying to get the famous, if you will, to the wrestling fans of the world, and certainly in Western Canada, the um, mixed martial artist currently holding a a five and one record in the world of of MMA and uh, a very good friend of all of ours and I I called up this this friend of ours this morning when I when I read this and uh, was very shocked because he was shocked as well Dave and and of course apparently <laughs> Bobby Lashley's new opponent just signed for the Strike Force pay per view. Double J on Saturday night, or not pay-per-view, but Strike Force MMA show on Saturday night, January the 30th on CBS is none other than John Devine. Not to be confused <laughs> not with Not to be Johnny confused Devine. with hotshot Johnny Devine, but, I mean, oh my God, they're really digging deep to find an opponent now for Lashley in the, uh, in the MMA show. Yeah, didn't that, hasn't his opponent changed like two or three times this week? This will be the third. This yeah. will be the third this week. How do you prepare for a guy that you don't two weeks in advance? You don't. Hey guys, just another update from Rick. The Strike Force contract does allow for pro wrestling, just not while he's in camp for a fight. Most MMA fights have a few months in between, so there's still time and space to have him work with TNA, but it isn't conducive to building anything around him wrestling. Thanks to Rick for that update. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, Rick is obviously a guy that's in the know about the inner workings and goings on with Strike Force and MMA, and thanks for that, Rick, in the chat. And, uh, you know, we, we've made reference over the last uh, year or so in this very show about MMA, and actually uh, you did, Double J, with, uh, with Adam Martin, um, uh, a show uh, that coincided with an Ultimate Fighting Championship pay-per-view a few months ago. and uh, UFC 100, in fact. Right, and uh, um, in fact, um, I think... Down the road, when there is a bigger card, and maybe uh, rumor has it, of course, uh, that this coming week in Las Vegas, um, that Brock Lesnar will be appearing with Dana White at an Ultimate Fighting Championship press conference this week, letting the world know exactly what Brock Lesnar is up to, what the timeline on his reappearance as the current and reigning. UFC heavyweight champion, and of course, coming up um, in April is a bout for the interim UFC heavyweight championship between Frank Mir and Shane Carwin. Well, yeah, it'll be great to hear from Brock to find out exactly from 
from his words rather than just press releases exactly what kind of shape he's in and where he is mentally when it comes to uh, renewing his uh, his action in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Shark, i got to ask you, how did the uh, UFC fight night do in the ratings last Monday against Raw? Well, apparently uh, it did very well. Uh, they, they, I think they pulled about a 2-2. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Raw got, what, a 3-3, three, 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 I yeah, think? Yeah, but you know what? Um, people that are watching UFC, general, I mean, I would say maybe somewhere in and around the 80 percentile ra- region. I would agree with couldn't that. Couldn't give a rat's ass about sports entertainment, wrestling, certainly not Raw. And, and no matter what night, and obviously it was a Spike thing, in spite of Spike. Or by by Spike Spite, if you will, yeah. um, that in fact they they wanted UFC to schedule a fight night uh, opposite Raw in that in that time slot, and it did very well. Uh, the card itself um, was very good. Uh, uh, apparently, from the chat, we're we're hearing that they got a one three for that UFC show. Okay, well, I read different. However, oh, okay. All right. Um, whether it was a one three or a two two. Uh, the UFC fight nights generally do okay. Historically, they've they've been having them on Wednesday nights, and uh, their their move to this Monday obviously was brought on by Spike. And the uh, the, the the main event between Gray Maynard and uh, Nick Diaz was very good, albeit the the judges uh, deemed that Gray Maynard won on a split decision. I couldn't have disagreed more. However, getting back to the action in the ring, Double J, this match so far between the Pope. D'Angelo De Niro and Desmond Wolf brandishing his new ring attire has been, as we might have expected, second to none. Absolutely. I want to switch gears for just a moment. Uh, I know we're going to delve a little bit into the news a little later on. However, there is one thing that I wanted to talk about first. Just ask you guys a quick question. Nigel, oh, excuse me. Desmond Wolf goes for the Tower of London. Elijah Burke, or the Pope, I guess, gets out of that. And hits a nice STO on Desmond Wolf. The question I'm going to ask you guys is what do J.J. Sexay and Eric Escobar both have in common? Well, I, I might answer that. I can answer that. And, and the, the, the thing that the two of you, Sexay and Escobar, have in common is that within the last little while, you've both been fired. Um, technically, we've both been future endeavored. Future endeavored, pardon me, is the proper new sports entertainment uh, verbosity and terminology on the on the uh, on what happened to the both of you. Yes, uh, once again, proving the fact that anybody that has either gone out with, um, slept with, or have been on camera with Vicky Guerrero has ended up either a being fired. Or B, no, not whoa, whoa, not whoa, 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 you, not whoa. you. I, you, you were never on camera you said with Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, like I, I said, what do we have in common? You're, you're bringing up Vicky Guerrero. I mean, well, well, here, what here's the hell. Here's the angle. Here's the angle. Guerrero. No, you were never with the Guerrero. But anybody that has been on camera with, uh, as a on camera boyfriend, husband, um, either, I mean, she has been the kiss of death, and, and no pun intended, to either. Somebody's career, but Eric Escobar uh, getting uh, future endeavored by World Wrestling Entertainment. What yesterday? No, today. It's today, news today. Today was a bit Crelly. of a was Crelly. a bit of a shock. Crelly's got a great point. It's, Both it's look, not Corelli. It's Crelly. That's what I said. Okay, Crelly has a great point. <laughs> Both look like they should be porn stars. That's awesome. Thank you. Wow. 
Thank you so much. And uh, let me see what else. The Power Andy Knowles says we're employment challenged. <laughs> yes. So, and of course, I want I want to thank the official news source of SundayNightShowdown.com, uh, from Headlocks to Headlines.com, run by, of course, Evan O'Brien and uh, Chris Kelly, Crelly, not Corelli, not to be as confused. you like to call him. Not to be confused with one Chris of the news Kelly. posters, right? On from Headlocks to Headlines, and again, you guys can check that out. Site they are direct. They are. Uh, Right there on our links section, right there on the main page. So. Ah, our webmaster updated. We do have that link happening now. Absolutely. Outstanding. All right, well, let's uh, run down what's uh, happened so far here for TNA Genesis and what is still to come live in Orlando, Florida. Uh, <clears throat> what's still to come is AJ and Kurt Angle for the World Heavyweight title. We're going to have uh, the Monster Abyss against the TNA's new major acquisition. Kevin Nash and currently Scott Hall against Beer Money. Obviously, Bobby Lash and Abyss has been removed. A new tag team champions, Matt Morgan and Hernandez, defeated the British Invasion. Amazing Red de- successfully defended his X title against the premiering Brian Kendrick. Nope, nope. not at all. Just Brian Kendrick. Uh, Tara gets the knockout championship back. Defeating ODB two to nothing in a two out of three falls match in the in the Golden Girls match exactly right and Sean Morley I feel like I should find the theme music and just start playing it well somebody recommended that to you in the chat and Sean Morley over Christopher Daniels as uh, Desmond Wolf and D'Angelo De Niro continue here at Genesis and you know what uh, a good friend of ours uh, who actually is after a long bit of uh, retirement state in his wrestling career here in Western Canada is as of Saturday, January the 29th in Vancouver on an ECCW show making his triumphant Western Canadian professional wrestling um, re-debut uh, for the ECCW. Go ahead, Double J. Oh, what a beautiful maneuver as uh, Desmond Wolf was in the ropes and the Pope hit a beautiful hangman's neckbreaker to Desmond Wolf, fantastic, and, and you know the the magnetism and the the camaraderie and the chemistry that that uh, Wolf and De Niro have so far in their in their infancy of their rivalry has been absolutely second to none. The reason I bring up um, our friend's name as the Pope goes for a pin on Wolf, Wolf kicks out at or glitches his shoulder at two. Uh, referee Slick Johnson administering the count right there. On Saturday night, January the 29th, in Vancouver, on an ECCW show for the ECCW Heavyweight Championship, there'll be a three-way dance between the current champion, Scotty Mack, facing the challenge of not only Sid Silem, but the returning Juggernaut. And I had a oh, nice wow. conversation with Juggernaut this week, and he, he knows Nigel McGuinness, a.k.a. Desmond Wolf, very well. And with a simple clothesline... Out of the corner, a hard clothesline on D'Angelo De Niro. Desmond Wolf gets the Duke, gets the three count, and wins I, the match with D'Angelo De Niro. I have got a question I, that finished. I'm shocked. That's just a regular clothesline. It's not like a clothesline from hell. No. Just out of nowhere. He hits a clothesline, and the match is over. Not even a series. I mean, it, it, was, it was De Niro that was actually on the offensive up until the time... They're, they're, they're showing the replay, the flying shoulder block. Um, Desmond Wolf with, with basically a variation of the STF, 
Um, and then the, the double drop kick to the upper thigh region of De Niro, a uh, series of maneuvers followed up that, uh, most of which were De Niro on the offensive. And then out of nowhere, um, a clothesline from heaven, not even from well, hell. You know what? It, strange, it, it just seems strange. to me like perhaps what we're doing is not only are we going back to the old WCW format for the way the shows are booking, but it looks like we might be going back to old school wrestling where a clothesline is a finisher, a DDT is a finisher. Maybe we're headed back to that realm. Maybe that's what Hogan said when there was going to be major changes in this company. A clothesline as a finisher? I haven't seen a clothesline as a finisher, honestly, other than JBL since the old Ever? since the old Harmony Stampede wrestling days when Strangler Steve DeSalvo used the very clothesline for a finisher. Well, now, hold on. What about... What about Stan the Lariat Hansen, who had probably one of the greatest clotheslines in the history well, of the business? Of course, so that, that would have been prior to Star Strangler Steve DeSalvo. What, what about Bruce Hart, circa 2003, where he'd get the crap beat out of him until he'd break out the clothesline? And then out of and nowhere, win. yeah. yeah, Get, a, get his face beat in for 12 minutes, and then all of a sudden, he powders, comes back in the ring, shakes his head, and gives a quick... Uh, Clothesline for the one, two, three. Of course, don't forget that Bruce Hart and uh, Tyson Kidd were the Stampede Wrestling Tag Team Champions for over two years. That's right. And and for those of you, because it's been because quite Tyson a Tyson Kidd did all the work. Right. And for those of you, because it's been quite a while since she's been on this very broadcast, it, it gives us great pleasure in re-welcoming Boom Boom Sexay to the airwaves here on Sunday Night Showdown. Welcome back, Boom Boom. I'm not really here. I'm just a figment of your imagination. You got to speak up too, because we can't hear you. Well, I, I like it when she speaks softly like that. It's kind of a, a, a nice phone sex kind of voice. I'm not really See? here. I'm a figment of your imagination. Speaking of not really here, it's uh, Dave. It's the Jeremy Borash Eric Bischoff spot. Eric Bischoff's taking JB off TV for a while because of the whole. Mick Foley letting him into the building scenario from the January 4th show. But he's only been taken off TV. He is the official tweeter of TNA, you know. Well, here's something funny. I, I, believe think, I, was I think Eric Bischoff is giving Christy Hemme her... Yes. And here's nature, the nature Boy! Boy! I'm so glad that tonight I haven't seen uh, Bubba the Cum Sponge on the show. Ooh. There is a Facebook group, Get Bubba Love Sponge Fired from TNA. He'll do that all on his own. He doesn't need a group. Yeah, he, he's working on that. You know what? This is a guy that I'm glad I haven't seen on the program tonight, especially after his recent remarks with the whole fuck Haiti after the the disaster that befell all the Haitians this past week. Do we do we want to hear what the Nature Boy has to say? Uh, we don't have a microphone there anymore because oh, okay. we've got right. it over here. Okay, all right. So it doesn't matter. He's going to say that he's he's there. Woo! I'm here. Woo! And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Woo! There. That's what you had. But you know what? While we have this, this commercial timeout, we're going to take our commercial timeout. Hey, we're come what back. a great idea. I'm telling you. Looking only like he can look. What continuity tonight on the program? Hey, there, he just did it. Woo! All right, guys. With that being said, <laughs> we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll come back. And it looks like they're setting up for the Hall and Nash or Hall and or, or Nash and somebody. Nash and somebody, man. Nash and somebody. We don't know who yet. We'll find out along with you when we come back. I don't like my ring attire tonight. I'm out. We'll be right back. 
with Sunday Night Showdown right here on SundayNightShowdown.com.
I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm wrong in this, but did anybody else find that song a little wrong? He's the dark savior, he's going to save you, suicide. That is one of the worst TNA songs I think I have ever heard in my life. It's definitely in the top two. <laughs> you know, and, and given the fact that this is a, a gimmick based around a video game that failed miserably... And that the character is called Suicide, considering that a lot of pro wrestlers have committed suicide. Just a little tasteless. i, I got to think with this new regime, with this Hogan and Bischoff regime, is it possible that in the very near future, Frankie Kazarian will emerge away from the suicide gimmick? It, maybe we've seen the last of suicide on TNA programming. Just a thought. Well, we saw on the uh, January the 4th opening match of the evening in the uh, in the cage we we did see suicide and that might be you mean the butthole of doom the butthole of doom <laughs> as so apropoly named by uh, somebody named so it the trade dog was it the trade dog in the chat i think so yeah all right trace, trace called it that for a while i won't take his credit but yeah but that the was the last time we saw suicide on tna programming was in the butthole of doom in that horrible segment where Homicide could not crawl out of the cage, and yeah. he was stuck there 72 for like seconds. I, I felt so horribly awful for Homicide that he couldn't pull himself out of the hole of doom, black hole of doom. Butthole of doom. But of course, during the commercial break, we saw the entrances of the band. Uh, you got to love the fact that the NWO is now called the band. Which Com- complete with new logo. I, I hate it, the band. With the old NWO logo, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> I, I'm just not a big fan of the name of the band. The band is back together again, brother. And of course, as I said earlier, uh, WrestleZone did predict, you know, and and for for a site that's that's big on rumors, they've been pretty accurate tonight. I think we put our first listener to sleep tonight. No, she's <laughs> she's tired. All right, all right. But well, speaking of homicide, homicide's uh, kind of adversary on that January fourth live impact. Jeff Hardy, he goes to trial, I believe, on St. Patrick's Day. Now, does that mean... 17th of March, yes. Yeah. Now, does that mean that he's... I'm not a legal expert, but... Thank God for that. Uh, I, well, am I, official... I am in a business law class, actually. It's oh, really? Cool, but, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, who knows? <laughs> who knows what the future may bring? Anyway, uh, is he basically out on bail until the 17th of March, which is... No, he's out on his own recognizance and had to pay... A substantial, apparently, five-figure bail price in escrow to the court in uh, North Carolina. And uh, and the powers to be at TNA obviously have uh, apparently chosen not to make mention even the name Jeff Hardy at this point. Well, you know, he's obviously not backstage, and I actually read today that there were some new charges. A felony charge was filed on him over the uh, opium, and I, I believe it was Vicodin, so it was some kind of trafficking charge. And he's definitely, looking at this point in time, like Jeff Hardy is going to get jail time. I don't see any way around it for Mr. Hardy. 
Just what? don't think it's going to happen. He's going to be the most popular guy in cell block three, and somebody's going to be passing his ass around for a pack of cigarettes. Well, I guarantee I, it by the end of this year. And if you guys know anything about Vicodin, it's a very strong, strong drug that uh, um, that he shouldn't have been in possession at all. And you know what? Uh, I'm not surprised at the new charges. I'm not surprised at any of the charges. What I am surprised at is the fact that the powers that be at TNA made a decision to even bring him on board until at least after he went to court. I would agree with that, but I just kind of want to remind you guys, uh, we are back now. Of course, you can give us a call if you want. The uh, number is 501-588-7957, or if you have Skype, just Sunday Night Showdown on your Skype contact list. But uh, be sure to give us a call. Let, you, let us know what you think so far of TNA's Genesis. Love to hear from you. Genocide <laughs> is what I think. I, I'm not really disappointed. It's not been a bad show, I to mean, be quite honest. I really think beyond a shadow of a doubt so far, the best match, not even close, was De Niro and Wolf, except for and failing the weird and abrupt finish to the match. Right. I mean, this is just the, the first chapter, or I guess you could call it well, maybe the second chapter of the Hogan-Bischoff era in TNA Wrestling, and this is not the end of the story, and I mean, this may be a very simplistic pay-per-view that a lot of people may have tuned into just to see uh, if, if it really could succeed to a high-high or fail to a really low-low, but it's uh, it, it's just the first step, and, and I don't think we can make any real conclusions. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? Hey, guys. It's CJ Bowman again. What's hey. going on, CJ? Nothing much. Enjoy. I was enjoying that enjoyably bad pay-per-view until my stream decided to be gay. <laughs> I have a very homosexual stream, apparently. I got I got to the Elijah Burke match, and it just was cut off for me. I was like, God. Well, maybe I was TNA's, looking forward to that match, too. Maybe TNA really has uh, gotten in, in with the, uh, the people that own Justin.TV and like the Ultimate Fighting Championship and World Wrestling Entertainment, have started to really shut down all these streams, perhaps. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They, oh, when I started watching, I started watching on Justin.TV, and as soon as the pay-per-view started, it gave me the cost. I was like, damn. Just after, the, just after the opening package? Well, and then I went on Ustream, and the Ustream well, thing is flat. Here's Fatty. Speaking of beer... <laughs> Hey, yo, I'm going to stroll my fat ass down to the ring because I can. Actually, you know what? If I'm, if I'm Eric... Bi- go ahead. C.J. Bowman, go ahead. And I'm going to steal a beer. Sell up. <laughs> you know what? If, if I'm Eric Bischoff or, Eric, or Vince Russo or Scott Hall or Hulk Hogan, you know what? Put on some gear, Hall, or your ass is grass and out of here. And, and you know what? They advertised Hall and Nash against Beer Money for two weeks. And what, at the 11th hour? As Hall pulls a kid, it's probably a plant, out from ringside, and now what? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. He just pulled a fan from ringside. Who's fighting now? Hall just pulled a kid from ringside. Uh, Set up a distraction. Waltman and Nash were in the match against Beer Money, which Beer Money just won. Holy shit. Woohoo! Wait. Fuck. Wait, no, wait, I don't remember if I predicted that one right. Shit. 
<laughs> I don't think anyone had beer money in this contest, but that's another strange finish, Shark. Does anybody get that at all? A, a distraction like, from Hall going after a fan at ringside? Well, maybe the fan was supposed to create some outside interference or interfere, but for no apparent reason, Scott Hall comes down the ramp, pulls the fan over top of the uh, steel barricade, and creates the diversion, and beer money rolls up Kevin Nash, and I'm just and stunned again. Shark, shark, again. shark. Here, here is shark. what happened. This exactly. You gotta understand. This is total. Wait, excuse me. CNA wrestling. Nothing. Nothing is completely understandable in that company. You can't understand it. Like you will blow up trying to understand what the hell is going on. All right. I, I know what. Okay. This this makes this actually does make sense to me that they would do it this way. And I'm gonna explain it to you guys. They're gonna disband the band. They're already? gonna disband them. Nash is gonna be. Or excuse me. Hall is gonna be gone. I mean, let's face it. This is a guy who blows every chance he ever gets with a major wrestling company. What better way than to have these two blow up because Scott Hall comes out, beats up on a fan, and causes these two guys to lose. If Hall is so paranoid about his weight, then why didn't he work his ass off to get in better shape before he debuted with this company? The, the bullshit excuse of he tried a set of tights on and he looked like a fat ass in tights doesn't wash with me. It doesn't well, make like any fucking sense. In he could he could have been wearing what he wore right there if he wanted, or you know a better a better T-shirt that was loose fitting that had the new band logo on it. You know it could have been done, but at the last minute after they freaking well advertised Hall and Nash against Beer Money, and then he decides he doesn't want to do it. You know what? And and I've known Scott Hall for for many many years when he first hit the old AWA. Um, but his brain is not the same now as it was then. They need to send a haul on his way and be done with him. Well, this is the beginning of that. I think that we're seeing that. Hall is not long for TNA. Waltman, hopefully he can last a little while longer because I think if they give him an opportunity, he's going to excel. Well, and Sean Waltman can wrestle. I mean, there's oh, plenty Waltman. of guys in the X Division that Sean Waltman can work with. And uh, um, this, this match... <laughs> Should be interesting if, in fact, it's going to be who we think it's going to be. C.J. Bowman, you want to chime in here? Yeah, but, yeah what I was saying was, like, Sean Waltman, I mean, Sean Waltman, X-Fox, Six-Pack, the one, two, three kid, whatever you want to call him, he's awesome. I loved him in WCW, WWE. I loved him in all those. It's like he's awesome. He's an awesome talent in general. And he looks healthier than Scott Hall, of course. But, you know, I mean, you know, he could be a good enhancement talent or even push him to, like, run the mid-card. Like, either or. There's so many options you can use with Waltman. No, I would agree with that. Well, CJ, is there anything else? My, my phone line's been blowing up, brother. Your phone line, like Scott Hall, is blown up. Scott Hall is blown <laughs> up. Everything's just blown up. Oh, here's the mystery opponent. Who is it? It's Kennedy. I knew it! As he stands in the middle of the ring... Biggest pop of the night from the crowd in the yep, impact zone. Definitely. Oh my god. It's and Kennedy. Here, here comes the mic. Here comes the mic down from the ceiling from the rafters. Oh, Same mic, by the way. The old sure 1954. Sit down by Sting. Sit down by Sting. You can't yeah, copyright yeah. a persona. Quiet. Quiet on the set. 
Somebody tonight. Yeah, he'll get hurt the first few minutes of the match. Something for for VHS, for DVD, for Blu-ray, for freaking YouTube. For about five minutes. There's only one way to do this, and it goes a little something like this. Weighing in tonight, and absolutely freaking us. One quarter pound. Oh. <laughs> he hails from Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh oh. Oh shit. Can't do that. <laughs> he cut it off. Anderson. And you know what, Double J? You do the Mister better than Mister now. That's true. Wait for it. Oh God! Is this gimmick imprisonment night or what? And I hasten to say that this match isn't going to last as long as the intro. <laughs> hey, you know what? Mr. Anderson is listening to Sunday Night Showdown because I'm the first person that said, wait for it. Anywhere on the Internet, Mr. Kennedy, Anderson, whatever you're calling yourself, thank you for listening to Sunday Night Showdown because you just stole my line, buddy. Dave, shut the fuck up. Wow. (laughs) CJ, is there anything else you want to add before I let you go, brother? (laughs) I can't say nothing. That was bad. (laughs) That was bad. That was bad. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Dave might get future endeavor tonight. tonight. <laughs> there is some pink slips in the office. I'm going to make Dave's night future endeavor. He's always wanted to be future endeavored. <laughs> I finally got to get future endeavored. Because it's kind of amusing. It is amusing. It, it's fun. I, I've dreamed all my life to get future endeavored. I finally got it. So I've been future endeavored a couple oh. of times. <laughs> oh. All right, y'all. Let me, let me get on so everybody else can get on, man. All right, CJ. We'll talk to you later, my friend. All right, man. <laughs> All right, bye. And I really feel feel sorry for uh, for Ken Anderson that that his inaugural match in TNA is with the Monster Abyss. There's obviously no history between the two of them whatsoever, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. And we've got another caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? Hello. Hello. Uh-oh. Uh, this is, this is Daryl O'Connor, guys. How are things? Hey, Daryl. We're fine. Calling from Ireland? Calling from Ireland, yep. What's going just, on tonight? Uh, well, I was going to ring in and say, you know, the pay-per-view wasn't that bad up until, like, just there, because that was one of the worst things I've ever seen on TNA, and that's saying a lot. What, Hall attacking but, the fan? Yeah, that was pretty oh, bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was 
so bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. I think what was supposed to happen, maybe, is that the fan was supposed to, the, the plant, as the fan, was supposed to stand up and create some diversion, and then Hall was coming out to protect the band, when in fact, yeah. the fan didn't do anything yet, and they just blew the whole spot altogether, maybe. That's I'm a guessing. very good, uh, that's a very possible possibility. A possible possibility. Okay. Guys, give it a minute. I, before the end of this match, Kennedy is going to pull a tricep, bust a quad, <laughs> pull a hamstring, hurt his throat, break something. a finger, or, a, do, or do something to Abyss. He will be injured after tonight. I guarantee it. Oh, he, oh I thought he, he bumped and broke his ankle. He, <laughs> he, went, he went Mama Myers on himself. Nice. <laughs> Someone is not amused. No. That's okay. I was there that night that happened. Now, the anarchist is ugly. saying, the anarchist oh, in yeah. chat is actually saying we should start an SNS pool on how long it takes Anderson to get injured. I got till the end of the match. And this, oh, end of this match. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> the end of the month. The end of the month, Ken Anderson will hurt himself. I'm actually surprised he didn't mosey on down to the ramp, catch the microphone, and then spring his arm. To be quite honest, right. <laughs> tear, a qu- tear, tear a bicep when he reached for the mic. That, well, would, that would have been something. Obviously, he aus- he survived that Australian tour with with four matches. Umaga so. didn't, and he was the last person to wrestle him. That was in bad taste. Oh God! For that Can matter, so was like Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Right. Oh man! I hope his so name isn't Eddie. He he could. Anderson could be construed as the career curler. Anyways, yeah, apparently he he did work with with Eddie Fatu Umaga on the uh, Australian tour, and apparently, from all accounts, they were good matches. Um, but you know, obviously, and and really, look at Anderson. He looks like he needs to be doing some, and not that I'm an authority on this uh, maneuver, but he he needs to be doing some sit-ups and getting in some uh, some better shape. And uh, and really for for a first match in TNA, I'm, I'm really surprised that uh, that they stuck him with uh, with the Monster Abyss. But oh well, it is what it is. And uh, I from this point on will never, and the shark says ever, be surprised at anything that happens ever again in the company formerly known as Total Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. Well, okay, let, let me just say this now. I I think that having Mr. Anderson debut with a company is fine. I, you know, I like this guy when he debuted in 2005 for the WWE. I thought he had uh, a future with the company. And, you know, five years later... So did they. He never made a bang because every time he got a push, he got injured. Now, I've got no problem with Ken Anderson. I just hope that TNA didn't piss away their money on a guy who's going to get injured the first night in the company. And if I crossed the line with some stuff, I said, I apologize. Uh, you know... Losing, that's the theme. That's their theme is cross the line. So you know, losing losing uh, Umaga was was sad, and you know, it, it's a horrible loss. I don't think that he has anything to do, obviously, with people dying. It's just a a bizarre coincidence. That's okay. I was of the same ilk earlier in the show when I made reference to Fatty. I mean, Vicky Guerrero uh, being a career killer herself. So I apologize as well. But I think this could be a good acquisition if he can stay healthy. Because let's face it, the guy's golden on the microphone. 
but he's got to step it up in the ring and show that he's not injury prone anymore. Right. Derek, are you still on the line yeah. with us? Yeah, I'm still on the line. Just listening to you, there, guys. You know, on that point, I was just trying to think. I was just thinking there. You know, TNA have wasted their money there in the past two weeks. If indeed he gets injured, because they've already brought in Jeff Hardy, and you know he's going to court now, so he could be you know, somebody's bitch in the prison cell. You know, in a couple of weeks. So like, there's money gone there. You know, all that promotion is just wasted. And then you have Mr. Injury here, who you know he isn't wrestling that bad of a match, but um, you know, I was, he could you know still injure himself in the rest of this match, or even walking back to the back. So we'll have to wait to see how it goes. And I really hope TNA just you know didn't waste value and needed money that they you know don't really have. I agree. I, I just think one of the things that TNA has always done, and especially with Hogan and Bischoff now in charge of the company, it's always been about bringing over the WWE guys that have left the company. And we're still seeing that trend. And I think that really they should work on bringing in guys who maybe are not as well-known from the WWE, guys from Ring of Honor or the Independents that could actually work and build their own stars. And that was the problem that WCW had, and that's the problem that TNA seems to have. Now, you know, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels are two of their homegrown talents. Uh, AJ with more potential. I mean, Daniels is a great wrestler, don't get me wrong. But Daniels is held back by his size. And that's why he'll never be a main event contender for that company. And push the X Division. Let him have be in the X Division. Push but, the X no, Division. I, Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you there, Shark. But uh, I've said it before, and I say it again on, on different shows. But uh, what TNA really needs is some kind of mid-card. You know, the X Division doesn't really cut it as an Intercontinental Championship substitute. They need something to showcase all these guys that they brought over and, you know, to develop their under-middle-card. Uh, because... It's so crowded around the the top spot that you know the rest of the matches nobody really cares about or can get into that well because you know there's no prop for them to go for. So if they did, you know maybe we could see some uh, talent development. But until then, you know we're just going to be left with this, you know, cluster. So well, I agree. I mean they've got to get away from bringing in established guys and try to build them as their stars. They need to build. Yeah. That's what makes a wrestling company successful. Definitely. I mean, just this past week, Eric Bischoff was in an interview, and this kind of this kind of got me kind of cheesed me up a little bit. Eric Bischoff had the gall to sit there and say he's better than Vince McMahon, but then the same sentence says he doesn't have the track record of a Vince McMahon. Well, obviously, if you don't have the track record of a Vince McMahon, then why do you sit there and say stupid shit to make yourself look like a fucking idiot? I couldn't agree with you more, Double J, and the simple fact of the matter is that I really take offense to the fact that Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan find it necessary within themselves, to continue to reference Vince McMahon, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, and it's not necessary to, for, not them, for them to even reference. Ford doesn't talk about Chrysler. Chrysler doesn't talk about Honda. Don't do that. It only belittles your own product and what you are trying to establish in a new beginning moving forward. And I really, I really think it's a bad move, uh, Dave, on both Bischoff and Hogan's behalf to be making mention of Vince McMahon and WWE on TNA broadcasts. Well, yeah, especially when you think about a, if a guy like Vance Archer or somebody else from TNA goes to World Wrestling Entertainment, he's going to be told, as Abyss goes for a pin, and it doesn't after get a choke slam, um, that. Don't mention TNA in your promos. Don't mention, like, let's say Vance Archer is an example. Uh, you're not going to say, let's someone who get was infected. Who in TNA? Lance Rock. Thank you. Like, someone's going to get infected tonight. 
I, I'm a rock and roller. I'm I'm this. I I, I used to be. Like, I, I play Guitar Hero, something similar to I that. I hasten to say that any but worker in WWE on air, if they mentioned TNA, they would be they would be future endeavored so quickly they wouldn't know what the fuck hit them. Well, I mean, even Rick, <laughs> even Ric Flair <laughs> mentioned... Oh, here comes the injury. <clears throat> oh. oh. Broken neck. He's probably got a broken back after that abyss shock drop. But even Ric Flair mentioned uh, TNA in one of those Legends discussions uh, on uh, WWE uh, 24-7. And... They all they all looked at him like like he was he had three heads. Like he was on crack. Exactly, and so it's it, it's I mean it was something where we were discussing something else when at the time where Hogan and Bischoff made their their little introduction, but the, when Vince when Hulk Hogan said the words Vince McMahon, I'm just like, what the fuck was that all about? Well, yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think that them bringing that up tonight at any other time in the past couple of weeks, bringing up the fact that they're in competition with the WWE is stupid. I mean, Bischoff talks about how they've learned from their mistakes. I've yet to see one thing that they've changed since they uh, since Bischoff took charge of WCW back in 93 and tried to compete with the WWE, the WWF at the time in 95 with Nitro. He's pretty much doing the same thing. Does anybody remember back in 98 when he called out Vince McMahon for one of the pay-per-views? And yeah. tried to get him to fight. Him. Absolutely. Uh, back into the ring, Mr. Anderson, Ken Anderson, reaches into his tights, picks out a nice shiny pair of brass knuckles. Man, I miss brass knuckles. Waffles Abyss. Referee Slick Johnson doesn't see it. Anderson puts the brass knuckles back in his tights and rolls up Abyss for the one, two, three. So tonight we've seen two new debuts in TNA. Brian Kendrick taking on Amazing Red. Falling short of winning the X Division Championship as Amazing Red. And looks like Kennedy might be acting like he's injured. It's a broken wrist. Which is funny. <laughs> Maybe we'll read on the dirt sheets later tonight that he broke his wrist. I don't know. He needs he's holding his left arm. He's holding his wrist. Maybe the, the brass knuckles kind of compressed the carpal, metatarpal carpal bone, and, and he's, he's done. Sell it, damn it. Sell the wrist. He's selling it. He's gonna I love that he's gonna make fun of this. If he if he had said Mr. Injury, I think I would have had a heart attack live on air. I would have to say that he would have stolen my line if he would have done it. And we've lost the feed. What the fuck, Dave? Dave. What the fuck? What did you do to the feed, Dave? Oh, they found out that uh, Kennedy stole one of my names, so they uh, they cut us cut us off from the. Uh, yeah, I'm actually paying for the pay per view, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, anyways, go Dara, ahead. Dara, is there anything else you wanted to, to say, my friend? We're fixing to uh, take some more phone calls here in a few minutes. Fair enough, fair enough. I just wanted to say, you know, the night is still young, so we, we could see Mr. Injury make his triumphant return to TNA. And, you know, just on that uh, TNA keep bringing up WWE, when I first started the, started the pay-per-view today, you know, I needed to fell out of my chair because I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. So, you know, kind of the night set off bad, but it got progressively better, and it was, you know, it's kind of in between. So I'm, Now it's taking a turn for the worse? <laughs> it, I hope it doesn't, but we'll have to see anyway. 
Daryl, well, thanks a lot for uh, for calling in via the Skype line here on Sunday Night Showdown. We invite you back anytime. We appreciate your uh, your uh, great input into our show. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, spe- better. Especially at three in the morning here <laughs> in Ireland. So uh, <laughs> we appreciate it, man. Thanks. A, a higher pitch, but it kind of sounded like Seamus for a moment. All right, Daryl. We'll talk to you later, my friend. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, so so far, guys, I'm I'm impressed with the with the pay per view. I think that and you're not impressed easily. I, I, I got to say, I mean, other than the you know, Waltman Nash Paul whatever the hell that whatever was. the fuck that was Schmoz. Overall, I'm not you know, I'm not unhappy with it. It's been okay. So far, you give it a. I give it a thumbs up. How's that? We're going to thumbs up, thumbs down. I thought we were A B C D. Or five, one to ten. Okay. What, what the hell I'm are not, we? I'm not giving a grade to this pay-per-view until it is over, till I see All right. everything, and I think that's a fair assumption. But joining us on the Skype line, we have a new caller. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? I hail from Hampshire, England. I went tonight. Oh, everywhere I died. Mr. Wolf. Crelly. Well, welcome, Crelly. Crelly. Welcome, Crelly. Uh, I'm glad you called in, brother, because uh, I remember our last show last week when you called in. You, you, uh, were you under the weather that day? Are you feeling better, brother? No, I'm good. Just nice, relaxed, confused by a teenage But same old, same old. All right, all right. Well, that's good. That's good. And uh, I, I just want to apologize vehemently for the continual mispronunciation by yours truly of your name and and I will never ever and the shark, shark says ever call you by anything other than Crelly ever again okay, me Chuck <laughs> and, and, and if he does didn't call me Spencer that if, would have if, been if he does well hey you guys call me Jeff all the time so fuck off <laughs> if anything else you know you could always call him Mark the Shirk to Carlo right Okay. Or the smart. Mark the smart. But it's Mark the jerk. That, that's what the, the 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 marks in Stampede Wrestling used to uh, think that they were having fun with with calling me, and I just simply turn around and smirk, and then they call we me have, Mark the smirk. We have. Um, However, what's in, up in, in Crellyland? What? Uh, what? Nothing. What's up in Crellyland? Are you getting ready for your for your re debut on uh, on uh, Showdown Championship Wrestling? Yes, and I will be going after my intercontinental title. Different brand, same story. Have the, has the I... booking been done? Double J has as this as Corelli had a a match booked yet for for the re-debut of or or not the re-debut of the debut of Showdown Championship Wrestling. Well, I mean, I can kind of break in, give you guys an update on what's going on. Tell us, tell us. Uh, I've begun the process of of taping things. We're only going to have one match for this uh, for this next pay per view that we're putting together, obviously, and it will be a Royal Rumble with thirty of the Cyberstars from Showdown Championship Wrestling all vying for the vacated Showdown Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. So the winner of said Battle Royal, the Royal Rumble, will be the first ever champion, the World Heavyweight Champion of Showdown Championship Wrestling, and Crelly is one of the 30 participants that's going to be involved in that. So he actually has a shot at winning some major gold. And and when will when will the SNS or or Sunday Night Showdown 
or showdown, pardon me, let me get the terminology correct, showdown championship wrestling Royal Rumble take place. What's um, the date of that? Tentatively scheduled for the Royal Rumble. I'm going to try and have everything done so we can actually debut it a couple of hours before ah, be the neat. Royal Rumble on January 31st. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to be, as of the Royal Rumble, be doing an extra broadcast right before the show uh, on the Saturday prior to, on the 30th. We're going to get together and tape a pre-show that will be live so people can call in, be a part of that pre-show. We're going to give our predictions for the Royal Rumble. On the Saturday afternoon prior to the Royal Rumble. Exactly. And, of course, once that happens, we're going to air that an hour before the Royal Rumble comes on. So you will actually have not only Sunday Night Showdown that night, but prior to you'll have a prediction show that will play right into the start of Sunday Night Showdown covering the Royal Rumble Live right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. And that's some that's some great news because uh, many of our listeners had made um, light of the fact that they missed um, Double J on the prediction and would love to hear his perspectives again. And due to the overwhelming demand that has been bestowed upon the powers that be here at SundayNightShowdown.com that, in fact, the prediction show, and I guess for now that's what it'll be called. No, it will change. You're going to change. It's not going to be called the prediction show. I have okay. a couple with a name. Okay. Once I get all the details finaled out, we'll promote it on here. We'll get everything rolling. Fair enough. But it will debut the night before the Royal Rumble, and then replay again right before the Royal Rumble. Nice, nice. So if anybody that missed it live on SundayNightShowdown.com on the Saturday, the 29th, that they will get a chance to hear it again. Uh, one hour before we go live to air uh, to coincide with the World Wrestling Entertainment's 2010 Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Well, you know, just another thing that I'm bringing to SundayNightShowdown.com, free of charge for you, the listeners of Sunday Night Showdown. Well, don't forget here, guys, that we're at about only about 10 to 12 minutes past the hour, and we're down to one match. So we have the anticipation, unless something crazy happens at, at the end of the ma- end of the pay-per-view, that this has the potential to be a 25-30 minute classic between AJ and Kurt. Oh, yay. Hey, can you guys take over for a few minutes? I've got to I've got to do something. I'll be right back. Sure. Absolutely. No, no problem. Hey, um, okay. Me in charge of well, Corelli, we're not, we, we wouldn't dare leave you in charge, so... But uh, tell me what what's on yeah, your mind for th- this week. Thanks for calling in, Corelli. We'll see you uh, once it... No, I'm kidding. Corelli... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it was up to us. But, Crowley, what's on your mind, dude? What's going on? First off, I was really impressed with the, with how they um, booked the, the, the debut of King Kennedy. It was, such a, it was such a great entrance. Like, normally they bug up de- debuts, but that was actually a pretty decent debut in the Crowley Hot Rod, which is awesome. As for this match, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have found their match on, on, um, on, Gen- on Gen- 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 January 4th, because... What they're trying to do, they're trying to do a Shawn Michaels and Undertaker starts a match where you take out my move, I take out your move. And we've seen it once, we've seen it twice, and now we'll, now we'll, now we'll see it for a third time? Yay! I think we. Taker and Shawn? No, this match. This match has the same match structure. Oh, that's very possible. I mean, uh, a Taker Shawn rematch for WrestleMania 26 is a, a very viable option. I think, I think the whole well, well, Brett Vince is one possibility. Jeff, I don't think a lot of people have really been all that high on 
I mean, a rematch of the match of the year is, is a hard thing to turn down on the biggest show of the year, but a lot of people aren't as high as Crowley when it comes to Sean Taker uh, round two coming up in uh, Arizona in about eight or nine weeks. Well, you know, I think the problem with that is this, and this is one of the problems that I have with the whole Undertaker streak. I want to see him continue that streak. We saw this match last year. They pulled out all the stops. It's going to be hard to top that match. And secondly, I'm not a big fan of the Undertaker with this streak taking on the same opponent twice. This would be the second time that he will have faced the same opponent again. The first one being, obviously, Kane. He wrestled him in uh, WrestleMania 14 back in 1998. And then again in 2004 for WrestleMania 20. So now but we've got, now we've got you, it, Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. And now we're going to have a back-to-back match at WrestleMania 26. I mean, the only thing you can do different is take the streak from The Undertaker and have Michaels go over. But again, if you do that then you kill the streak. So it's ridiculous. I don't even know why they're bothering. Why didn't they put John Cena in this? Oh, because they want to do something special with John Cena. There's been rumors circulating around the net that they're trying Look. to get Dwayne The Rock Johnson to come back in and wrestle Cena, which would be fantastic for Cena. At the same time, well, uh, where do you go from there? No, but The Rock did say on a, in, this past week that he was in talks with his man about returning very near um, WrestleMania as a guest host. Well, yeah, I mean, he was going to do that, and, and obviously we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin also returning as a guest host prior to WrestleMania. But, I mean, seriously, what do you do with John Cena at this point? Now there's uh, reports, of course, thanks to from headlocks to headlines.com, saying that John Cena has uh, back problems. He's got some messed up discs in his back, some bulging discs. So... I don't even know if it's if it's conceivable at this point that he's going to be well enough to wrestle for WrestleMania. Well, and apparently that's that's the reason why the whole Cena Sheamus program was blown up, and that it'll be Randy Orton getting a shot with Sheamus at the Rumble. Apparently, which I'm okay with because it, it's interesting. I know that a lot of people are like, "What? You got two heels taking on each other?" I don't think that Sheamus is in danger of losing his title per se to Randy Orton. I think what you're going to see happen is Randy's going to do a, a very good job in the match, but at some point during that match, Cody and Ted are going to come down, and I think Ted is ultimately going to end up costing Randy Orton his shot at the title, and this is going to springboard to a match between both Ted and Randy at WrestleMania 26, where Ted, of course, is going to be the face, and Randy will more than likely put him over at WrestleMania, which is exactly what Ted DiBiase needs. So in that perspect, I think it's good they're going that angle. But, which is a play on words, is Angle and AJ are locking it up. And wait, is that an ankle lock I see? No, it's an arm bar. But there hasn't been one ankle lock yet. Don't blink. It's too bad. <laughs> it's too bad that I don't have some type of hard liquor because we could literally get drunk within three minutes of watching these guys work. Because every time they go for an ankle lock, I'd be taking a shot. That would be a very that would be a quite interesting show. I think we should save that for the, for the rumble. That every time a new participant yeah. enters the match, you need to take a shot at Jack Daniels. Only yeah. if they do an ankle lock. <laughs> every 90 seconds. 28 shots every, for 19. Every single full finish. I mean, rumble, I, I, I was a shot. Okay. Boom Boom is sitting right next to me, and Kurt just put her in the ankle lock. That, oh, just, that means you got to take another shot. I guess I got to. Crelly, your mic is way too close to your mouth, dude. He doesn't have a I mean, microphone. He's got a telephone, damn it. 
or whatever you're talking better? into. Yeah, that's a lot better. Sorry, my headset. I was too busy getting um, ankled up by cut angle to notice my headset was mugged up. Just tap out. That way we don't have to go through it no more. It's the best way to end it. If you don't tap out now, there'll be about a dozen ankle lock attempts in, in the next few minutes. So just just do, do us a favor and tap. Corelli, I'm interested in getting your perspective on the D'Angelo De Niro, Desmond Wolf. Woof. Ruffy. You just want to hear him say woof. Match tonight. What did, you, what did you think? Desmond Wolf. Desmond Wolf. He did a... His shorts look rather gay. His new trousers. They don't... They, they don't like Christians. But... Yeah. I'm not a fan of... I'm not a fan of, the, of Desmond Wolf. I'm not going to lie. Not a he's fan of his off. work at all, eh? He's been booked off. Interesting. Ha- Apart from tonight, had he one more match? You're breaking up on us there, Crelly. It, it's Crelly. I said Crelly. Okay. <laughs> I don't call him Crelly. Are you there? Yeah, I'm on. Okay, now go go ahead, go back to your point. I'm sorry if we interrupted you there. I'm just not a fan of his work. That's just uh, you just you just don't like him. I mean, that, that's that's strange. I think he, he does fantastic in the ring. Yeah, but it's just a booking of him. It's, it might be just because he's from England that I'm just doing this, but it's just awful booking. Well, he won tonight and, and got revenge on uh, D'Angelo De Niro. Yeah, but that's, but that's mid-card. He he debuted in like the top top tier against the angle. Now don't, he's, Crowley, don't forget that the majority of these fans have no idea what Ring of Honor is or who Nigel McGuinness was. So they've got to build him up from... They can't put him into the... This is not like Shawn Michaels or The Undertaker jumping ship who, who would automatically deserve a title shot in TNA. They, they've got to build him up slowly from, from the middle. Yeah, yeah. But it's just... It, it, might, it might just be Peter England, and I want to see him being world champion, but it's TNA. You're going to have to be a little bit more patient. I'm going to be patient. This is TNA. I expect him to be world champion tomorrow. If not, I riot. Well, Crelly, is there is there anything else you want to bring up? Because we're gonna take some more calls here in just a moment. I will leave the Sunday night showdown and return to the chat. We'll see you in chat, Crelly. I appreciate it. Peace. All right, brother. <laughs> never a dull moment, HJJ, eh, with uh, Crelly. Never a dull moment. Well, it's never a dull moment with any of the callers we have on Sunday night showdown. We've got such a great listener base, and, and I love that you know we have such a geographical. Uh, audience too. I mean, we've got people from New Zealand, we've got Ireland, we've got England. Uh, it's just crazy. We had me. a hit from Sweden here uh, yesterday. Well, that's wow. pretty awesome. Nice. So, welcome to that person who's who uh, logged in from Sweden. But again, the lines are open if you guys want to call in. Very good matchup right now between AJ Styles and Kurt Angle. Uh, luckily, we have not seen an attempt at the ankle lock at this point in time, but. You know, I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it is. Uh oh, they're going to the back. There's a dispute between the Nasty Boys and Team 3D. Not again. <laughs> you guys notice uh, if you could take maybe half your headsets off and have a listen to the sound coming out of the impact zone. Right, that sound that you hear is how quiet the crowd is. Yeah, and I don't I, hear nothing. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they got uh, they got overrun by Mr. Anderson showing up. Plus the fact that they were doing the whole, let's go Kurt, let's go AJ 
uh, chant right at the very beginning of the contest where, I don't know, sometimes these fans can be a mocking of, of themselves because they're so easy to predict exactly what they're going to say in, in different situations. Well, we've got a new call on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? What's going on? Hey, it's Rick. Hey, Rick. From, hey, what's going on, brother? <laughs> trying to watch this pay-per-view without falling asleep. <laughs> are, you, are you totally bored? It's, I mean, this match is probably the best, but they're going to be blown up in about five minutes, so I think they're going a little bit too fast if it's going to be a half-hour match. Well, I, I kind of agree, but it, it's crazy to me. Like, the crowd is just now starting to get into it, but I really think the crowd really blew everything with the whole, you know, Mr. Anderson debut. They were so hot for that, and now they're just dead again. They're, well, they're exhausted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're, you're dealing with a TNA crowd in a building that they run every single week. It's not like it's they go somewhere else. They're there every two weeks, and, you know, they like who they like. So when Hogan wants to get rid of the six-sided ring, you know, they boo him. So, you know, they, I think they're, that's one of their biggest problems that they're going to face is they need to get out of the impact zone, but they can't afford to. So, well, You know, I read a report earlier saying that a lot of the wrestlers were upset that the six-sided ring was gone when they got to the show today and saw that there was a four-sided ring. I mean, these guys are professional wrestlers. Most of them got their start wrestling, of course, in a four-sided ring, so I don't really see that there's much of a difference there. I think just, you know, what for the last five or six years, it's been a staple that TNA has had this one thing that differentiated them from everybody else, but the bottom line is professional wrestling has always been contested within the 16 by 16 square traditional ring, and I see no problem with that. Well, in everywhere I, but Edmonton, I think. I mean, the six-sided rig, I think, was okay for, like, the X-Division guys, but it didn't really serve a purpose for, the main, you know, anybody who wasn't in the X-Division. But it, it did make them different, and I think that was a good yeah. thing. It served its purpose. I think that it's a uh, wise decision to go back to the four-sided uh, uh, conventional wrestling ring, and, uh, you know, it'll it'll give the the wrestlers uh, a certainly an easier um, time in, in working the matches, and I think that's what, what TNA has to do over the next little while, and they certainly started out in this direction by simplifying matters a whole bunch. I would agree with that, and I think that maybe Hogan and Bischoff have, have studied tape and went back and watched episodes of uh, TNA Impact, because when I watch Impact in the six-sided ring, one of the things I, I commonly see, there are times when a wrestler looks confused when he's in the six-sided ring, especially when he's going off the ropes. He doesn't seem to know which set of ropes he should go off of. In the middle of an Irish whip, yes. They're, so, they're, they're having to make damn sure that they know which set of ropes they're going to they're gonna come back off, off of. And, uh, yes, it, it just the, the four-sided ring, you know, very simply stated, and I'm sure Rick uh, uh, on the Skype line will agree <laughs> that, in fact, it simplifies everything. Uh, of well, course, I, yeah. I mean, you're looking at you're talking in terms of TNA. Most of these guys <laughs> have been in business for a long time, and they uh, they've never worked in a six sided rig before. So they get in there, and there's all these different angles. And I mean, yeah, it was a, you know a great idea. They did it well, but you know it takes some practice. So it it kind of made the matches look worse. They probably were, and we'll see what happens with the four sided ring. I, I think it's a step up for them. I really do. And uh, Dara O'Connor. <laughs> actually said they got rid of the six sides to help Hogan with his posing. His posing, yeah. Yeah, let's face it, four sides is easier than six, right? So. I want to know who gets around better, Hogan or Hall. 
<laughs> so what if Hogan can walk and people are talking about Hogan having a match? Dude needs to friggin' learn how to walk first before he can get the ring and even think about doing anything. Well, and is anybody walking to the ring down the new ramp slower than Kevin Nash? I mean, his, his knees are, are shot. But anyways, we could pick apart, because that's what we do, uh, the TNA pay-per-view. But I, I don't think it's been that bad. I, I thought it might have been a little bit better. I think the one major downfall so far is that somebody didn't speak up and actually... Um, insist that Scott Hall in any way, shape, or form could get in the ring and be part of the Hall-Nash tag team against Beer Money. Uh, yeah. The the way that it turned out with the pulling the fan out of the crowd had no uh, no apparent perspective and meaning why or wherefore, rhyme or reason whatsoever. And was just I disagree. I told you. The reason they did that spot was, was to set up the, uh, the, uh, the impending... Breakup of the band. Because Hogan right. is going to say, we can't have you putting your hands on fans, yep. and that's how they're going to get rid of Hall. It makes perfect sense well, that's you, what they would do. And Double J, you saw how, how Nash reacted to Scott Hall extending his hand to shake hands, and that he didn't. He refused. I don't know if you caught that on camera. Uh, no, I saw but that. that. That's certainly this whole thing uh, with the band will certainly springboard into the uh, triple taping Coming up this week in the Impact Zone in Orlando, uh, Dave Wednesday or pardon me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tapings for the next three weeks leading into the next pay per view. Yeah, if you uh, read the spoilers over the next seventy two hours, you're already already going to then you know, don't have to watch. You're already going to know <laughs> the pay per view uh, breakdown for uh, for Against All Odds on and Valentine's speaking, Day. Speaking of watching, and, and is Rick still in in the? Uh... Yeah, Rick is still on the line. Okay, Rick I'm here. Rick, what else do you want to talk about, brother? Not much. Well, somebody hit me every time I fucking say brother. Please hit me brother. because brother. Why, why don't you pimp your show out uh, for us there, Rick? Pimp your show? Um, yeah. It's uh, CartageCrew.net, and we're also available at IUWrestling.com. So thir- uh, Thursdays, Tuesdays at uh, eight Eastern. I don't know what time it is in Canada, but all our listeners are from Canada, so it's kind of weird. That'd be six p.m., my friend. I don't think we have he any just call us weird, which is cool. He did. No, I think it's great, but it's like we're in a, we're in USA, and I think we have maybe two American listeners, and everybody else is from like Ireland, England, Canada. So, hey, you know, whoever wants to listen listens. But but Rick, you know what the cool thing about that is? It shows me that the real wrestling fans are overseas in England and Ireland, and all these guys really get into it. And there's a lot of American fans that just don't seem to get into it. So, I well, mean, I was, you know, I was talking with a couple guys, and they're like, "Well, yeah." You have to be a pretty hardcore fan. You just saw some of the shows come out at like 2 and 3 in the morning in those places. Well, absolutely. Yeah, so. Hey, have yourselves a good night. I'm going to watch the rest of this match. I think they're going to take a five-minute rest here anyway, so. All right, Rick. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. So, yeah, Rick, like, Rick, Rick, like AJ and Kurt, are having a five-minute rest. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So the phone lines are open again. I know Mike. Woo! Siciliano has been trying to call in for the longest Where time. Where is Siciliano? Uh, Where he, is he? He's been calling in when people were on the line. Oh, That's I why. see. But it, it's free. Now. I saw he was pimping his own show in the chat there a second ago. <laughs> and he'll do That's it here okay. in a couple minutes as well. That's all right. You know what, though? They, they pimp us out, and I'm, I'm all yes. cool with the Pro Wrestling Rewind. Pimping ain't easy, you know. It ain't. A wise man once said, pimping ain't easy. And it's true. It's not. Uh, right now, we've got AJ Styles and Kurt Angle having a nice little Donnybrook in the middle of the ring. Haven't heard that in a long time. And that's why I said it. Love the Donnybrook. All right, uh, Sunday Night Showdown. And for those of you who may be joining us for the very first time, 
Uh, please oh. feel free to check out our archives and uh, subscribe to us on iPhones and and I, iPhones. iPhones. Excuse iTunes. Me, iTunes. Is iTunes. this the fucking future? And uh, <laughs> Ouch. well, like like we were talking about iPhones earlier, I think Mike is going to call us with his iPod Touch, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, check out uh, our Facebook link, and you'll be up to date with everything that we're doing. And guys, once again, there, like this past week on Impact, when Ric Flair was actually on the Impact broadcast with uh, Mike Tanay and Taz, and and look at that that spot. They just replayed it where uh, uh, it just tells that a somersault over top of the top rope onto Kurt Angle, clipping the back of his right ankle atop the uh, metal barricade. That. That had to hurt. But, um, um, you know, uh, uh, here's Ric Flair now ringside overviewing the Styles angle match. And who knows at what point, as uh, Styles administers a beautiful backbreaker onto the back of the neck, surgically repaired neck of Kurt Angle. But pretty soon we're going uh, to get what's up with Ric Flair uh, with him continually watching uh, Angle and AJ Styles. Well, I think one of the common things that I've, I've spoken with a couple people in the chat, uh, even prior to the show tonight, was we thought it could be possible to see an AJ Styles heel turn, obviously with Ric Flair in his corner, which could make things very interesting. Love to see that. I think, That'd be I think interesting. But at the same time, I don't know if they should do that because AJ Styles is the face of the company. He really I, is. I really want to see them really build he's, him. And he's the baby face of the company right now. Oh, absolutely he is. Yep. But the fans are loving Rick, uh, Kurt Angle at this point right now. And you really got to think that the Nature Boy is going to be aligning himself with either. And we haven't theorized this potential fantasy booking angle that maybe the Nature Boy will be aligning himself with Kurt Angle. You don't know. Oh, it's quite possible. Uh, joining us on the line, we have another caller. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who the fuck is this? What the fuck is <laughs> putting on the fucking air right now? It's Tony Soprano, ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck is... Uh, you? I go, to, I go to sleep to prepare to come into work tonight. I do a show the night before where I discuss this atrocity of a pay-per-view card. I bullshit my way through a column where I was halfway, half asleep in the begin with. I wake up, I find out the British Invasion lose the frickin' tag titles. I find out Ken uh, Anderson is fighting the Abyss. And I find out that Tara gets the knockout title for the third time in two weeks. What the fuck is going on here? It's called Hogan and Bischoff. Running wild, brother. And you know what, Mike Siciliano, um, I really think you need to get a shirt made up and distribute it on your network, and, and we'll even offer to distribute it on ours, that says, Mike Siciliano on the back, and what the fuck on the front. That would sell a million fucking t-shirts. You know what? I actually would consider it, because I... I, I, I... <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fucking stunned. Yeah, I thought Anderson was going to be the goddamn acquisition. Yeah, some, some major fucking acquisition that is. Holy Christ. How long is it before he ends up putting somebody on his shelf permanently? Or himself. How the hell, how the hell, WWE is searching, scouring the globe for Latin talent, 
And meanwhile, TNA had the perfect Latin tag team sitting there waiting to go. And what happens? Homicide gets fucking buried. And Matt Morgan, who has no charisma with Hernandez, wins the tag team titles. What in the... Come on, say it again. I got to know something else. I got to know something else. Then I'm going to shut up. The X title. Who did Red fight? Brian Kendrick. He just had Red a heart attack. <laughs> Red Fort Kendrick. Yes. Yes. You know, Brian if, the, if the job didn't call me, I would I would frickin' go nuts. But the job just called. I'll try and call in before you guys are done. All I right, gotta Mike. run. All right, Mike. We'll Mike, talk to you later. take it easy. Take it easy, the brother. The king of all Italy, Mike Siciliano, who joins the power, Andy Knowles, who I believe is still in the chat for the Pro Wrestling Rewind. But I, all, kidding, week all kidding aside, I, I really think that, that the Mike Siciliano What the Fuck t-shirt would sell a million. It just might. I thought he was going to have a major coronary or a stroke on live internet radio. Wow, he was bent out of shape. Well, you know, Mike is a very passionate guy. What a about, funny guy. I love Mike Siciliano. Yeah. He's a great guy. Wow. So again, there, the, the phone lines are open if you I guys want to call back in. I can't double J watch without chuckling. The Sopranos anymore. Every time Tony Soprano talks, it sounds like Mike Siciliano. Wow. Yep. I don't know. So far, this has been a good match. I've only seen one ankle lock attempt. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys here here in the in the home home studio of Sunday Night Showdown, could you please remove half your headset again and listen to it? What am I listening to? You're listening to the crowd in the impact zone. Woo! They're, they're clapping. They're clapping which is a lot more than what they were doing the last time we checked out the volume of the, uh, of the <laughs> fans in the Impact Zone. But really, for all the matches that AJ Styles and Kurt Angle have had over the last little while, um, wow, that there, there certainly has been less action in this, albeit they have a lot more time to fill. Uh, and and as, as it is 22 minutes before the top of the hour, um, Honestly, you think they'd have to fill about another 10 for sure. AJ just did a Phoenix, or excuse me, a 450 from the top rope. Angle out of the way. Kurt goes for the pin, and he is denied a two count only. Don't forget the stipulation for this match. If Kurt loses, this is his last shot at AJ as long as AJ's the champion in 2010. Dave, quick off topic question. Hosting Monday Night Raw tomorrow night is? Uh, Don Johnson and John Heater. Ah, promoting world, their world, new movie. World-renowned John Heater. Yes. Who, on this very show last week, we all looked at each other and went, who? Napoleon Dynamite. Right. I, I didn't say that. I don't know who he is. Okay. All right. And cool. apparently, uh, apparently, Calgary's own Brett the Hitman Hart will be back on Raw tomorrow night to address the apparent... And, and I, I watched the, the replay. It was not what I suspected it was, the Bruce Hart kick to the testicular region it was in fact the bottom of vince's shoe to the abdominal area uh actually from what i'm hearing the rumor is that bruce hart will be in attendance so he can nice. nut shot vince mcmahon tomorrow night on raw well if bruce was hot i think he would insist upon not only giving a nut shot uppercut to vince mcmahon but his own brother brett as well would make bruce very happy kurt angle reverses the styles clash and makes aj drop and reverses it into an ankle lock. The first ankle lock of the match. Double J, you have to take a shot at Jack Daniels right now. Pass me some booze. Okay. Here you go. I'm going to be drunk in five minutes. <laughs> Great point from the chat room. Uh, it, 
when Mc- Michelle McTaker does the Styles Clash. And they interviewed oh. her, and, and they, she said she didn't care if she was stealing someone else's move. Yeah, M- Michelle McTaker t- is not exactly what you would call a uh, a very bright person, so we'll move on. <laughs> well, she takes whatever finisher that Taker wants to give her, and we'll leave it at that. All right, if you've missed any of our uh, broadcast tonight, be sure to check out the archive probably late tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, let's go over what has happened tonight. Beer Money got the win over Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. Will the archive be up tonight? No. Well, I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll well, send later, it. Later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Little inside production joke there. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> late tonight or first thing in the morning. Uh, Mr. Anderson premiered and defeated Abyss. Matt Morgan and Hernandez over the World Tag Team Champions, uh, the British Invasion, apparently Mike's favorite tag team. Amazing to be the new champion. Kurt goes wow. to attempt his own Styles Clash, and he, gets and he it. hits it. He rolls AJ over New for the World win. Heavyweight, no. <laughs> Denied once again. That was excellent. Something different out of these two. D'Angelo De Niro over Desmond, or sorry, Desmond Wolf over D'Angelo De Niro. Sean Morley over Daniels. Tara gets the uh, knockout title by defeating ODB. Two falls to none. And uh, Red defeated Brian Kendrick to retain his X title. And guys, while we've got a moment, we've got a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this? Hey guys, it's DJ. How you doing? Hey, we're good, man. First thing I gotta say, Shark, are you on drugs tonight? Saying that the TNA Genesis pay-per-view is even good? Like, I said serious. that I didn't mind it, and actually, when we when we discussed it earlier, um, I expected more than certainly what we've been fed tonight. But it's uh, I've seen worse TNA pay-per-views, and it. Uh, at least it's got some twists and turns with the whole, you know, new guys debuting, Kendrick, Anderson, um, Sean Morley and his match with uh, uh, with Christopher Daniels. There's There's been some new stuff by new players happening. and uh, AJ know, just hit the angle slam on Kurt Angle. Exactly. That was different. And uh, no, to answer your question, uh, I've been fine with the pay-per-view so far, except for, of course, a couple of things. Go ahead. I mean... I think I think personally it would take an acid trip to make this pay per view even watchable. <laughs> okay, um, I, I was disappointed. I, I, I was disappointed they got rid of the six sided ring. Understandable, like everyone, like you guys were discussing earlier. It probably is the better thing to do, um, but it, it is what made them original. Um, I don't know this pay per view. It, 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 it's disappointing on a lot of levels. It's just there's no way someone can watch this pay-per-view and not say what, what you guys say Mike should put on the back of his shirt, which, by the way, I would buy. What the fuck? It's you would buy a shirt that said what the fuck, wouldn't you? Near I fall. Would. Near I, fall. I, Kurt almost had the only, it. The only thing that this pay-per-view is going to accomplish is in about an hour, I'm getting in my car and I'm taking a five-and-a-half-hour drive back to Syracuse. The only thing this pay-per-view will do is actually give me something to think about on my drive. Yeah, well, you know what? I I think that it's certainly, since the Hogan-Bischoff era has been incepted, been very different and, some would say, very disjointed and hard to watch. And I guess you're one of them. I, 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 I mean, the Kennedy thing, good. Real good. I mean, his entrance, you know, bringing in the way the impact zone pops for him. 
that was good. Um, the only other really good thing about this paper probably was, and I mentioned in the chat earlier, if it would have been really funny if, if, if Hall would have really had been drunk and that wasn't in the script for him to attack the fans. Like, that would have been it's sad but hilarious. Um, Hang on one I second. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Hang on one second. AJ is in the middle of the ring. Right now we've got Kurt locking on the ankle lock, and he's got it grapevine. He is stuck in the middle of the ring, and he's tapping, he's tapping. but Ric Flair just pulled the referee out of the ring, so the referee has not seen it. And Angle has just broken up the ankle lock, but AJ tapped out. Yeah, the, the leg referee was pulled well. out, and Angle now realizes that Ric Flair was the man that just screwed him out of his title. And a storyline gets involved in a main event again. But that's okay. Well, finally, uh, we've got some some allegiances unveiled and that Ric Flair actually has some meaning in the whole Styles-Angle feud and here's Ric Flair. He's got his uh, he's got his jacket off. He throws AJ Styles the TNA World Heavyweight Championship strap and tells AJ Styles to waffle Kurt Angle with it right frickin' now. Oh, this is good. This is nice and intense. AJ looking like maybe he's got some moral dignity. He's not going to do this. But Ric Flair just telling him do it. Bingo! And he busts. Oh, he did it. Bust the hell out of fucking Kurt Angle with that belt. Fucking Kurt Angle. <laughs> fucking Kurt Angle. Right. And where is Dave Hebner? And of course, there's no referee to make the fall. Nope. I think I think Brooke Hogan should be the, <laughs> the running referee. Yeah, we haven't seen Brooke Hogan on camera in two hours. It's been nice. Yeah, there you go. When AJ retains, so we've just seen AJ Styles effectively turn heel, which is one thing. Again, I talked with someone earlier in the chat room. TNA Nation member has been saying this all night that we were going to see AJ turn heel, aided by Ric Flair. He is correct in his prediction. Very, very nice twist and turn. Now we have a role for Ric Flair in very this company. Very well done. Very well done. Well, yeah, and this is good because Ric Flair isn't just getting behind another WWE reject or, or release. This is around the franchise of the company who's been a TNA original from, the, from day one. And this is huge that Ric Flair is putting over a guy like AJ. It's not like... Anderson or Angle or, or, let's say, if Christian was still in the in the company, uh, this is a very very big moment. And Kurt Angle does not get another world title shot at AJ Styles for the rest. Not that AJ will hold the belt for the next eleven months, but uh, although he might, as long as AJ <laughs> is the champion, Kurt does not get another title shot. So now Kurt Angle goes in a different direction starting tomorrow night. And you know what? I, I personally couldn't be more happy, regardless of what anybody else says about this pay-per-view tonight. I could not be any more happy for AJ Styles that now that he's been aligned with the Nature Boy Ric Flair, because there has been nobody, nobody in this company that's busted his butt more than AJ Styles over the last seven and a half years, and good on him that the company... Finally, the new regime in the company has realized the talent that is AJ Styles and that, in fact, they're putting uh, not only their world heavyweight champion, but arguably their best worker in the spot that they have. Well, that was the thing that Hogan has been saying for a long time now. 
when it look when when he relates to his talent in TNA wrestling that he wanted to build AJ Styles into a a superstar that when he goes to the airport that people are going to say hey was that AJ Styles and not just some random guy that works for TNA so good on TNA that they've done this DJ are you still on the line with us Yeah I mean it, 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 I am proud of AJ right now I mean like and I remember we were talking about it last week with the promo that you guys play when you guys go to commercial I thought that the best thing they could do with AJ and Rick was kind of turn AJ into that that kind of cocky, badass kind of circa the original horseman Rick Flair kind of character. Just that I'm the best, I know I'm the best, no one's gonna tell me otherwise, and I've been here since the beginning and the company doesn't run without me. And I think that's exactly the kind of turn AJ needs, but now I just wonder you know, even though it was kind of like an abbreviated angle, where, where does Tomko fit into this with the whole I've been attacking AJ for weeks now? That, that angle's over with. Tomko's not even with the company now. It was a one-shot thing. They wanted to get rid of that angle. That's why they hot-shotted it on Impact this past week. And I, I think Tomko is effectively gone. Guys, this, this reminds me very much of when Evolution existed and Ric Flair put over Batista and Randy Orton. This is a huge moment, and... Ric Flair is honestly showing a lot of real appreciation. He said, he's the world champion, not I'm the world champion. He is the world champion. He is the best in the industry. And and this is huge as AJ does the strut nice. as we fade to black. And AJ just said, said it right there. As soon as they cut the camera to AJ, it's all about the title, and I got it. So the cocky heel AJ Styles persona is kicking in high gear tonight, and we're going to see some major things happen in this company. And certainly it'll be JJ, very... Did... Go ahead, go ahead. And I do want to ask JJ a question of something that he brought up earlier. I mean, um, and it just crossed my mind again. You said earlier that you didn't want to see at WrestleMania, or you thought it was not really that good to see at WrestleMania, the upcoming one, a, you know, a redo of last year's match. Absolutely. And, I, I don't want to see that again. And so my question would be, Excluding Cena, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually sick and tired of seeing Cena in the main event scene, and I know C.J. Bowman's going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> Probably. Oh, did you think they could have put in that in that role? I think to kind of just face the Undertaker this year. That you know, because I think personally, I think put Cena and me and Bowman got an argument about this last week. They put Cena. I think you would kind of see a kind of a split in the back with creative, like. Do you want to see Cena go over because it's been Cena's character that I can be anybody character? Or does The Undertaker really go over if he faces Cena? I think that it, that's a hard one to answer, really. In my mind, and in regards to The Undertaker's streak, to put Cena over The Undertaker uh, would, would obviously piss off a lot of fans that really hold that streak as something dear. At the same time, you know, Jim Ross has said it. I've agreed with this time and time again. The Undertaker should retire with his WrestleMania streaked intact. However, I agree. However, if they don't do that, I mean, obviously John Cena would be the guy because if you think about it, he needs somebody like The Undertaker or like this other thing they're trying to work for him. He needs a guy like The Rock to put him over to make him the bona fide superstar that everybody wants him to be. Now, I make it known I don't like John Cena, but I give the guy credit. He has improved a lot in the last couple of years. I'll give him that. And I respect the shit out of what he does outside the ring for charities and for kids. Don't like the guy. Don't care about him. Never have. Probably never will. But that's beside the fact. I can give him props 
if they did put Cena and, and Taker together and put Cena over, I could understand from the point of view of the office of WWE that by putting him over The Undertaker, it would establish Cena as a huge, huger superstar than he is now. And it would be something he could pride himself on and build a legacy off of. But I just don't think it's right to have anybody beat the taker. He needs to go however long he's going to go, which hopefully will be not more than the next two years. I think that the Undertaker needs to retire with that streak intact, and that's his legacy in the company. I mean, he's been screwed over at so many other events. Mania is the one event every year that he comes to work, he outshines everybody else, and he leaves with that streak intact. I just don't want to see that end. Well, and I, I, I mean, co- I agree. Go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say I agree. Fair enough, fair enough. And, uh, yes, uh, I think it would be asinine on behalf of World Wrestling Entertainment to do anything but put over The Undertaker at WrestleMania for however The Undertaker wants to stay active in World Wrestling Entertainment action. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, Double J. Hopefully... Uh, soon, The Undertaker will have a very nice end to his career and a retirement and subsequent um, induction into the WWE Hall of Fame, which I could see happening at WrestleMania next year. I could. I had kind of like, like uh, you know, when you kind of like go to the magic, the magic erase board. I had, I like, I had always seen something with Taker like a a bit of a plan on how to end it all. Like, he, he keeps his streak, but he at the end of his final match, like, they know it's going to be his final match at WrestleMania. He still wins the match. And Taker just disappears. Taker just goes. He's the dead man. He disappears. No one hears from him. It's just a, he's fallen away from everything. He's retreated back to Death Valley. He's gone. In the and smoke, never they, to be seen again. Correct. Right. And then when they bring him back from the Hall of Fame, it just something where it's like Vince made a deal with the devil to bring him back, and he makes an announcement at the Hall of Fame. Or it, no could, it, could, be, it could be that, in fact, he's inducted into the Hall of Fame the night before he disappears in his fain- after his final match at Mania. Just, just a theory. And that, could, that could work, you know, and, and just something like that. Because I personally, I grew up watching the figure begin the streak, and then seeing him go and continue to get over, it was always something where it's just like, he doesn't, he's not going to lose. He shouldn't lose. He's kind of like the unofficial face of the company. As much as you want to say it's been trips over the years for some years, and now Cena and Orton for a little while, kind of just that top guy. Taker's always been the unofficial top guy, in my personal opinion, and probably the opinion of many people in the internet wrestling community. But he's just been that way. He's just always been the guy who, you know what, if you really want to set a benchmark, you got to beat Taker. And if you can't get over Taker... You know, I, I hate all these things. All oh, their friends with Triple H, they're kind of getting pushed. You know, I personally think if the Taker, if Taker gives kind of that time, if you can get over him, then, then that's your stepping stone more than anything I've ever seen in, in the WWE over the years. And I think that's just the way it should always be because he's proven himself year after year, injury after injury, he comes back, and he still puts on a very good product. I just want to say before I go, you guys can talk about it after I get off. Um, I haven't heard anything yet about the what you know the big news report that happened with Randy Orton um, that was all over WrestleView, and I kind of heard about if it is true, and that kind of does explode to something bigger. Do you guys have any idea if that's going to probably affect 
his mini push right now with in, in the title picture. I don't think it's going to have any bearing on it because, you know, in all likelihood, uh, again, this wasn't at the arena. This was outside of the arena. This was outside of a restaurant, uh, I guess, right, right outside of Boston, a very popular restaurant that the wrestlers go to. And I would, I would have to say, I don't know the uh, the full basis of the story. I'm just hearing what I have read on various websites. But in all, in all honesty, I'm pretty sure that Randy Orton was probably uh, provoked into it. He didn't lay a hand on the kid. I guess he spit at him and you know told him to go fuck off and you know cussed his mom. But I'm pretty sure that that was probably egged on by the uh, by the kid, which doesn't make it right. But at the same time. You know, we had an incident with Chris Jericho last year where he was attacked outside the arena uh, leaving the show, and stuff like that really cannot happen. I don't think anything will come of it. I don't think he's going to be in the doghouse over it. I mean, Randy Orton's one of those guys with the WWE that's so protected. I really don't think, you know, anything is going to happen to him. I don't think that it's it's not even an issue at this point. It's, you know, it could be just the kid's word against his. All right. You guys, you guys have a good evening. Rest of the show, I'm listening as much as I can before the road. I'll see you guys next week, and I will definitely see you guys for the FCW premiere, the the National Rumble, and be sure we'll all be there and we'll all bring our best. You guys have a good night. All right, DJ. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Well, we had some uh, fantastic calls in on the Skype line uh, uh, tonight, and uh, for all those that that called in, Double J. We'd like to thank each and every one of them. Uh, one one mention, the anarchist in the chat said, and I don't know what his sources are, certainly far better than mine, <laughs> that Bret Hart will not be appearing on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. So uh, some some interesting information out of the anarchist in the chat room. Thank you for that. Maybe we'll have a situation where if that is, well, this is WrestleZone, and i, I got to say, Tonight they've been pretty accurate. If they're saying that it's not going to happen, there's a good chance that it might not. I mean, a lot of people. So the, give, so the anarchist is from WrestleZone. Well, he's reading it off WrestleZone. Oh, I see. Okay. And a lot All of right. the information I've had as as it relates to Scott Hall and Brian Kendrick and Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson have all come pretty much from WrestleZone. So you got to so give pretty them much credit. Bang on. They're pretty much bang on. Props to them. So, <laughs> Corelli couldn't concur more. But he, he agrees with you. But the official news source of this program is from headlocks to headlines dot com. So, and I give credit to them, you know, every time we do a show. So they are definitely one of those up and coming sites that's really doing well. I mean, you know, both Evan O'Brien and Crelly are all over the place, you know, posting that news. So keep up the good work, guys. And I just want to make mention of the fact that uh, we all hope that Mike Siciliano is okay. He abruptly ended his call with us on the Skype line. Um, because he had a, it sounded like he had a bit of a, a work issue uh, related problem, and, and the brother's working. Leave him alone, Siciliano. We hope everything's okay. He's fine. He's fine. But if you keep it up, you're going to get a rant next week on the re- on the on the pro wrestling rewind. Boy, the, keep it up. The ra- the rant that he went through tonight, I was mighty impressed with. So I kind of want to run down the card really quickly. What we had tonight, Dave. Start that off. We'll, we'll discuss this. We'll give this pay per view a grade. And uh, run a little bit of news, and then we gotta get out of here. We, uh, it's amazing how time flies when you're having fun. We didn't even do our uh, end of decade. We'll finish that at a later date. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, run down in order what uh, what occurred tonight. Uh, the Amazing Red had an exhibition championship without uh, his manager tonight, which kind of surprised a lot of people. 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, he faced Brian Kendrick in his premier match. They had a great opener, and a lot of people surprised Kendrick uh, would uh, would put Red over in his premier. But that's what we saw tonight, guys. Well, absolutely, and and I think it was a a huge feather in the cap of TNA to bring in Kendrick. I think he's going to fit well in the X division. I just don't want to see a multitude of former WCW and former WWE guys start making their debuts. They've got a roster at TNA that they can build around, and I want to see them really take the time to build these guys up. They've got a lot of world-class wrestlers that not only were not on the pay-per-view tonight, but were not even made mention of. So we'll certainly have to see what's coming up um, over the next couple of weeks and who they're going to be pushing. I think we get a fairly decent uh, perspective on on who's going to be pushed on TNA television um, over the next little while. And and the the winds have changed in TNA, Dave. Absolutely, it's uh, you'd almost think at this point they have too many wrestlers for their two hour a week time slot, which is scary considering how they started their existence with a lot of uh, one-offs like Jeff when we were talking about Jeff Hardy it kind of reminded me back in the weekly pay-per-view days where guys would just show up for one night like uh, what the fuck was Nikita Koloff doing there like he he just kind of randomly showed up and and we never saw him again and then the artist formerly known as Umaga he showed up for two weeks and this guy showed up for two weeks and that guy showed up for two weeks that's I think I mean they're not paying Jeff Hardy to not be there right now I they probably signed him to a one-night deal. So, Well, no, he did sign a deal. It's just that uh, it's funny to me that they signed him, and then right afterward he gets indicted and, you know, is looking at jail time. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's no way around it. He's going to jail for a while. But, hey, when he gets out, he's got a job with TNA Wrestling. So it's all good for him. Uh, again, I was not disappointed in the pay-per-view tonight. I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that it was awful. It wasn't the greatest paper you've ever seen. It was a lot better than some of the other crap that we sat through. I don't yes. know. I don't know how much uh, Russo booking happened tonight. To me, just about everything made sense. I mean, obviously, Sean Morley going over Chris Daniels is the start of a feud. This is the first match in that feud. Ultimately, Daniels will get the better of Sean Morley. I'm okay with him going over tonight. We saw another title change between uh, the knockouts. Yeah, ODB. Tara and ODB, 2 nothing. Yeah, losing the belt, you know, to Tara, which I think she's a great champion. She was never utilized her potential in uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, so perhaps they can really build upon that. I think the women's wrestling in TNA is fantastic, and I hope that that doesn't diminish, and I hope that they continue to bring in uh, world-renowned talent, whether it's from Mexico or Japan or who knows, maybe Medusa Maselli will be walking in the door any day now and challenging for that Knockouts Heavyweight Championship. You never know. Wow, I would pop for that. That was our uh, third match of the night. Uh, next up was Desmond Wolf. Excuse me, no, it was the Tag Team Championships as Matt Morgan and Hernandez defeated Mike Siciliano's favorite tag team, the British Invasion. And I think this is the first of many uh, championships that both these guys are going to hold. I know that... You know, I've had colleagues before that have that have said that neither one of these guys is ready. I think Hernandez has huge potential. I think Matt Morgan needs to get seasoned a little bit more, but I think that he's got uh, he's got a good physique. I think he's pretty solid in the ring. He just needs to get a better grasp on his ring psychology. But I think both of these guys are going to be future world heavyweight champions in years to come. 
and seeing them with the TNA World Heavyweight you know, Tag Team Championships is not a bad step. The British Invasion have held those belts long enough, and, and it's good to see new things happen on this totally new version of TNA Impact. Or TNA, excuse me. Right, uh, Desmond Wolf gets his revenge by defeating uh, D'Angelo De Niro, so they're tied at 1-1, and Desmond Wolf uh, premiered some, apparently, according to Corelli, very homosexual tights with a new valet. Well, I don't know much about the, the homosexuality, but I'll take Crelly's <laughs> word on it. How would Corelli know anything about homosexuality? I'm not getting on that topic. Let's no. get back to the topic at hand. Don't say get on. Anyways, go ahead, Dave. <laughs> Actually, I think the correct word would not say get off. Right, well, you, don't don't let me go there. Uh, beer money. Surprise, I think, went over Kevin Nash and the winner of the Rock, Paper, Scissors contest, Sean Waltman. <laughs> or Six Pack, as they were calling him tonight, which is right. you know, his former WCW name that WWE doesn't hold a copyright over. And, but, that, and that Eric Bischoff gave him. Exactly. Yeah. But I'll say this now. I think that there was no way that they couldn't put beer money... There was no way beer money wasn't going to go over in this match. I think that that was the plan regardless. Uh, the way they, they did it, obviously, with the heat going into... Uh, <laughs> with the heat going into... Hall not really wanting to wrestle because he he doesn't feel that his physique is good enough. Again, hit the treadmill, uh, you know, get some lipo, uh, go see Body by Jake, you know, do something. Go buy the Bass Rootin' uh, workout gear that that they just you know showed on TV not too long ago. But you know, when you sign with a wrestling company and you're going to be making wrestling appearances where you're scheduled to be in the ring, it kind of helps if you actually have the ring shape going on. And I like Scott Hall, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Razor Ramon mark, but Scott Hall, you've had so many chances, every time you get a chance, any wrestling company, you you completely fuck it up, and it, it's sad, it really is. I don't know what's going to happen to you from this point on, but I think that we saw the beginning of Scott Hall making his exit from TNA, and if that was the case, I like the way they set it up with him grabbing the random fan, beating him up causing Nash to get pinned because of the distraction, which ultimately ends the band, and Hall is gone. Very good booking, in my opinion. All right, well, another interesting piece of booking was uh, Abyss's opponent changing, thanks to Abyss, where uh, the monster took out Bobby Lashley and his contract demands with, with, with a, a laptop with a to the head. Laptop to the head. Or sorry, a monitor, well, to, monitor the head. to the head that, that really didn't even hit. Lastly, yeah. to the head, and he bumped on the couch. Exactly. <laughs> so Abyss's opponent was changed to the new major acquisition, who ended up being Mister Anderson. Wait for it. Injury. And he stole that from me. I can I'm almost oh, guarantee Dave, it. Shut up. Get over. He yourself. stole. Wait for Get it. Over he yourself. stole it. All right, so uh, n by nefarious means, Mr. Anderson goes over uh, the Monster Abyss tonight. By the Brass Nux, which I haven't seen in a while. Love the Nux. So I love, I love that. Nux. And I have to say that, really, the entrance for Mr. Anderson tonight really stole the show. I mean, the crowd yeah. was extremely hyped into that. I mean, the crowd went crazy when he came out, when the spotlight hit. The microphone came down. He did his thing. And again... Congratulations to them. I hope that Mr. Anderson is not as injury-prone as he has been the last couple of years because I still think that, you know, barring injury, he could be a very, very key talent to their success. I think he could be a main event guy if he can stay injury-free. 
And uh, we saw, yeah, I, I, to me, him being a heel to start was kind of a surprise. But I guess that might not, that might be a one night thing. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, especially because Eric Bischoff, or excuse me, Hulk Hogan told Abyss to kind of keep all of his hardcore attributes uh, back in the back and and really not use any weapons in the contest. And he refused to use a chair. And then. The referee uh, made sure he didn't. Actually, they didn't want him to get hardcore because they didn't want him to injure him on his night his <laughs> right. debut. Yeah, that's true. And, and let's not forget, really, and I made mention of the fact that I wanted you guys to listen to the volume level of the fans in the Impact Zone a number of times throughout the course of uh, this Sunday Night Showdown broadcast, but not even close, who got the biggest pop of the night, and that was none other than Ken Anderson. Yeah, and that really killed the crowd for the main event, if you can believe it. But, yeah, sometimes what's new is better than what, what's current. And speaking of that main event, AJ Styles retains his, his World Heavyweight Championship with the help of the Nature Boy. And, and I think we've seen a, a full-fledged heel turn, which a lot of fans in the IWC have been, have been really, really anticipating. Well, it's funny, because Crelly and I actually had a discussion about that yesterday on Skype, uh, just talking about the fact that we could see possibly AJ Styles turn heel with Ric Flair as his manager. So, you know, I, again, good booking by TNA. I like what, where they're going with this. It could have went either way. AJ could have remained the face, but I like the fact that now Angle is going to be the sympathetic baby face. The fans are going to, you know, just really get behind Kurt Angle as he attempts to try and get another title shot, you know, at some point down the road, which obviously could happen. Mike, Mike Siciliano is not only having a cardiac arrest in the chat room, but he's 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 he he may be giving it to everyone else, not only here on the panel, but everyone else still listening uh, in the chat room here at Sunday Night Showdown. JJ, you got to read Siciliano's entry into the. No, no, I I read it. Oh it it's God. pretty funny. Wow. <sighs> I can't Good believe. Times. Yeah, I can't believe his Good favorite team, tag team, the British Invasion, <laughs> lost either. Well, actually, I can. But uh, for all of you fans of the World Elite, they're done. Say goodnight. They're finished. I, yeah, they're finished I doubt as, that. I, I don't think so at all, Dave. I think they're they're finished as champions for the foreseeable future. No, but not really the British don't. Invasion, but just the World Elite with like Hernandez and Eric Young and and like not even a th- mention of Eric Young on the broadcast well, tonight. You know, the funniest thing to me about Eric Young was he was in the parade of people that uh, were being having their hands shaken by uh, by Ric Flair, and he was dressed to wrestle. He was in his trunks. And uh, he had his wrist taped. Never saw him. Never like he was not part of the uh, uh, any extra bonus matches or whatever on on uh, Explosion or whatever. Like, why are you dressed to wrestle when you're not going to appear? It was so fucking stupid. And I mean, yeah, he no went, homicide, not even a mention. No, and no. Uh, <clears throat> well, obviously the Sheik is gone, and and I mean, obviously uh, Rob Terry's not going to be cashing in that X Division title shot anytime soon. So. Yeah, bye-bye world delete. But you know what? I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I, I don't I th- think they're gone. And, and no I Samoa Joe gone. tonight either. Not even an appearance. Not even a threat of cashing in. Well, he well, probably won't. He lost but. clean to Desmond Wolf on impact. Yep. What do you do with Joe at this point? He's got to hit the gym, lose some weight, come back stronger than ever. But for right now, it's like they, in my opinion, they kind of killed Joe. And it, well, And like we were saying just a few minutes ago, Shark, at this point, with all of the uh, Hogan-Bischoff imports in the last two to three weeks, you may say that there are, especially with the X Division, but there are too many wrestlers in this company right now. Well, and you said it, and I could agree with you more, Dave. Uh, uh, they'll 
the, the landscape of TNA has certainly changed a lot since January the 4th, and I hasten to say will continue to change. And, uh, you know, obviously the powers that be, Carter, Hogan, Bischoff, as far as they're concerned, change is for the better, and you need to earn your spot. Not once tonight did was there many, any mention made or any on-camera viewing of a lot of the mainstream TNA wrestlers. No Jeff Jarrett. No Homicide. No, I mean, a lot of workers. Oh, Samoa Joe. A lot of workers that we're used to seeing. The guns. On, on, yeah, the guns. Um, and, and the guns. That's rather surprising. But, you, you know, over the next three days where they film Impact for the next three weeks in the Impact Zone, we'll see what the landscape of TNA, worker-wise, will be for the next, I think, six months. And, uh, you know, it, it could change drastically. Well, if you remember, they actually said, Hogan and Bischoff told Foley and everybody else that everybody was going to work their asses off to keep their jobs, that they were going to get in line and get in the ring and do their thing. Now, a couple of news items I wanted to talk about. They're already building an angle uh, with Jeff Jarrett, and it looks like Danny Bonaducci because he was on uh, Bonaducci's radio program and he literally took the CCW, the Celebrity Championship Wrestling Belt, held by Danny Bonaducci, took it hostage and said that if he wanted it back, that he was going to have to step in the ring in TNA Wrestling and take it from Jeff Jarrett. So Jeff Jarrett has effectively stolen his championship belt. Right. Danny Bonaducci is working on getting in shape, and in a couple months there's a possibility we're going to see him over in TNA Wrestling. Now here's the thing. I don't mind Bonaducci because... That's a guy who's done celebrity boxing matches. Uh, he was in the Celebrity Championship Wrestling with Hogan, and I thought he did a fantastic job. He really did. I think yeah. he had the psychology down. The gimmick was there for him. And this is a celebrity that I don't mind seeing. But I'm afraid that they're going to start another trend, and this is what one of the things that killed WCW when they were bringing in guys like Leno and bringing in you know the mailman, Carl Malone. David Arquette. David Arquette was the champion. I don't want to see this in TNA. But I'm okay with, with Bonaducci because I think he's borderline psycho. Bonaducci was on the Joe Behar show um, two nights ago on Headline News Network, HLN, uh, Dave, as opposed to HLA. Uh, <laughs> and he made mention on, on that show because uh, uh, out of the blue, I, I, it was probably a setup that, that Joy asked him, you know, rumor has it that you're going to be involved in some way, shape, or form with, with wrestling. And he, he said, you know, that that there has been discussions between he and uh, uh, TNA. Um, she didn't know what the hell he was talking about and said, oh, are you going to be going into the adult film industry? And he said, no, 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 Joy, it's a wrestling show. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of another fucked up turn, the first one we had was Bobby Lashley and his wife, Crystal. Did you guys see Impact where Jeff Jarrett went into uh, Bischoff and Hogan's office and, and he basically said... With uh, his lawyer? Yeah, and... Yeah. and Every, everything he said on the live three-hour Monday Night Impact was, it's all because of the guys. They've stuck with this company, and, and it's been a great company to, to, to have founded and to work for because everybody's so passionate. And then within the next broadcast of TNA Impact, he, he goes on this heelish rant about, it's all about me. It was always about me. The wrestlers stink. They have no talent whatsoever. 
and Hogan, I'm going to take this back from you no matter what Dixie Carter says. I'm like, I just sat there in awe thinking, what the fuck was this shit? Because he, why completely change 180 degrees in one night inexplicably just like Lashley and Crystal did? It was so stupid. And I mean, yeah, we didn't see Jeff Jarrett or Mick Foley tonight, so we've got anticipation, I guess, for whatever happens on Thursday. But another fuck like that was a, that was the worst part of Nitro back in the day was these fucked up turns that didn't mean anything. That's another thing you bring up. You know, we we saw the apparent uh where's Mick Foley? He's been attacked and nobody knows where he is. But yet if you go to TNAwrestling.com, which was redone by the way and has a new look, which I think Honestly, I, I think their old site was better than this one. Much better. Uh, so I don't know. They're taking a step backwards. But, you know, again, Foley was attacked. Nobody seems to know where he is. But on TNAWrestling.com, he's blogging about spending time with his family and all this and that. So, And, and they're playing him as the, new, as the new host of their new show that is on now Thursday nights after Impact, which is called, Dave? TNA Epics. Epics. Uh, the, yeah, the past Thursday was uh, three... Highlight matches of Kurt Angles, and uh, I've still got it on tape, but it it is a fantastic show. So, so I'm not sure if that's a, a weekly thing or a it monthly is. thing. No, it's it, going to be it, weekly. It's be okay, weekly. good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, if any of the other ones were like the first one, check it out after Impact. And, and I'll say this: if TNA really wants to improve their standing uh, in a worldwide basis, my suggestion is you take Bubba the Cum Sponge and send him to Haiti and let him get lynched by all the people that are walking the streets over there. You know, devastated that their home was destroyed, especially after the remarks he said where he can say, fuck Haiti, they don't fucking matter. You know, while we do have problems, obviously, in our own country of the United States, I still think that when a natural disaster like this hits, aid is welcome. And, you know, especially in third world countries like that, they need support from more established countries. And for him to say that was disrespectful. And it they just need. Th- it just shows you what kind of an ass clown he really is. Well, but here's the thing: he did it for one reason. Doesn't matter if he thinks that he did it for publicity. What he seems to real, what he thinks is that any publicity is good publicity, whether it's bad, whatever. It gets them talking about it. Now, I'm glad that he was not a part of the broadcast tonight. But seriously, pull the plug on Bubba. I know he's friends with Hulk Hogan, but Todd Clem needs to get the fuck out of wrestling because he don't belong there. Well, we didn't see him tonight. We saw Christy Hemme doing the interviews and, and Jeremy Borash being given some time off, thanks to Eric Bischoff. The world's biggest tweeter, Jeremy Borash. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the is. world's biggest twat, but, you know, you, you took it from me. Uh, I think that, that maybe the world's biggest twat is currently being held very delicately by ODB. Nice. Just a theory. <laughs> Just a theory. Nice. Well, that said, guys, I think it's uh, it's time to wrap this thing up. As far as a grade tonight, Dave, what did you think of the pay-per-view? You know what? As I said a couple hours ago, this is just the first couple of chapters in, in the, the storybook of, of Bischoff, Hogan, and TNA. And I think with Anderson and Kendrick showing up, those are positives. Because, I mean, you never want to see a wrestler lose their job. But if, if you can upgrade and then cut from the bottom... That's not a terrible thing. Obviously, they may have some some contracts where they just literally pay guys to stay at home so that they can't go to events because they probably don't have these ninety day non competes at this point. But um, it's not. It wasn't WrestleMania twenty 
25 because it wasn't it didn't try to be WrestleMania 25 and it didn't try to be the greatest pay-per-view of all time because it's just the first step. If they pull something like this in June in, at Slammiversary or in or in October at Bound for Glory, then that's going to be not a passable show. But for what they wanted to accomplish, I'd say a B tonight. Shark? If we're going on the um, lettered scale and not the numeric scale, I would give it a solid B-. minus. I think there's plenty of room for improvement. I like what they did with the debuting of... A number of talents, and uh, things will get interesting in TNA, and uh, certainly the the groundwork will be uh, recorded in the next three nights at the Impact Zone in Orlando, and um, come Thursday night, it should be really interesting. But I really think, and I'm really feeling, that it's going to be a sad state for some of the wrestlers in which we have been accustomed to seeing on TNA television programming, and it could be the beginning of the end for a lot of them. But based on tonight's um, broadcast, uh, I, I really liked a lot of the things that happened, and not the least of which, and I think the, obviously, and I mentioned this before, the, the biggest pop in the, in the impact zone tonight was for Ken Anderson, but the most overwhelming aspect for me of this entire pay-per-view was the new association with the phenomenal one AJ Styles and the nature boy Ric Flair. Good on TNA for that. I agree with that sentiment. As far as a letter grade is concerned, I'm going to give this a, a B plus because I think it was a positive for TNA tonight. It was different from anything we've seen from them in the last little while. Again, I'm still not a big fan of some of the people that they're bringing in. Don't really care to see the Nasty Boys in 2010 on Impact. I don't want to see them main event a pay-per-view in 2010. I think their their better years are gone. But I give TNA the props tonight because they really struck out and and brought something to the table that we hadn't really seen before. And again, some of their booking was very logical. Obviously, if they are going to part ways with Scott Hall, the way they did it tonight was was a brilliant step and... You know, again, I can't iterate this more. I'm tired of seeing guys who've had chance after chance after chance come back in, get a good push, and they fuck it up again. And, you know, if that's the case with with Scott Hall, well, it's time to say goodbye. But I think TNA is on the right track. It's hard for me to say that because I didn't think they were going to do well having Hogan and Bischoff. I just want to see them get away from the whole... WCW 2.0, and right now I think that's the that's the path that they're starting to go on. I don't want to see that happen, but I'm going to give tonight a B plus. Very very positive that they brought back the the traditional 16 by 16 four sided ring. That's what needed to happen. Six sides. It's it's just been played out for too long, and it really only helps the X division wrestlers. We saw a great X division match tonight between Amazing Red and Brian Kendrick, and there wasn't a lot of flippy, fucky moves around. That's true. They put psychology into the match, and they worked a good match without having to do all the flips and, and everything else that made the X Division famous. If they could take and bring back some of that uh, element they had in WCW with the cruiserweight division and kind of bring it in with the X Division, I think they're going to be better off in the long run because even though you saw flips and you saw some crazy stuff, 
in the cruiserweight division in WCW, you saw solid wrestling and psychology. So it's a step up. I'm giving them a B plus. Good job tonight, Bischoff. Good job tonight, Hogan. And good job to all the guys that busted their ass on this pay-per-view tonight in TNA. I give you the thumbs up, B+. And don't be surprised if we've seen the last of Bobby Lashley. And don't be surprised if all the major news sites this week not only... Well, they don't have a list of released wrestlers via a press release from TNA, but the following names have been removed from the TNA roster page at TNAWrestling.com because to me at this point... They may have, like I said, you don't want them all running to Vince, but they may have too many guys, and you could see half a dozen being cut in the next two to three weeks. And, yeah, I was going to say that. It looks like they are going to be releasing people. Eric Escobar was uh, one of the first fatalities tonight. Again, I've, I was future endeavored recently. Now Eric Escobar has been, so I hope that he lands on his feet and does something. I think he had potential, so obviously... There's a possibility that, you know, he's going to go back to the independents, or who knows, 90 days from now, TNA could pick him up and say, hey, we, we see something in this guy, and we can do something with him. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. The next guy that I think has a good possibility of getting released is Tyler Rex, because there was an incident that happened with him just recently where he was taken off of a plane, and it caused quite an uproar with the WWE. So I think Tyler Rex is next on his way out of the The company. surfer guy or whatever? Yeah, the guy that was on ECW that you never saw on ECW. <laughs> yeah. That worked superstars, and that was it. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, DJ Gabriel was cut in the last week to ten days. So it looks like they're restructuring things in WWE to get things going. Obviously, we're road to WrestleMania. Storylines are going to be put to an end. We're going to have a new start after Mania. But with that said, guys, uh, this has been our live pay-per-view coverage of TNA Wrestling's first event of 2010, Genesis, featuring the debuts of Ken Anderson and, of course, Brian Kendrick, the pay-per-view debut in TNA for Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. I can't say enough positive things tonight. I think they did a fantastic job. I want to see the momentum continue. Well, and, uh, you know, I just want to say something about uh, Sunday Night Showdown and our broadcast tonight, and once again, thank everybody that participated not only in the chat room, but took the time and effort to uh, uh, phone in via the Skype line. We had some great callers tonight. Um, I really think that uh, we need to have an off-air uh, chat with uh, one Mike Siciliano about the distribution of his brand-new What the Fuck t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, it was very entertaining. Uh, the Our show um, continues to metamorphosize itself. And we look forward to uh, joining you right back here on the uh, Sunday Night Showdown Network next Sunday at, not next Sunday. The Royal Rumble in Royal two Rumble weeks. Royal Rumble in two weeks. The, two, two weeks tonight. The biggest three-hour show of the year, folks, and it's going to be our biggest three-hour show of the year, too. Well, actually, we're going to be on the air for four hours, of course, because the soon-to-be-named prediction show, which will rebroadcast uh, one hour before we go live to air for the Royal Rumble We'll uh, be airing that night and be live, along with some uh, chats um, on the previous night on Saturday the 29th. And we all look forward to that. And, of course, in February, um, the Tuesday night staple of the Internet wrestling community, Unplugged, re-debuts. Yeah. And, and for the first time ever, it will be free. Uh, as most of you know, most of you who might be listening for the first time here, I used to do a, a radio show that that recapped ECW, and then we talked a little bit of uh, video gaming, movies, and all that stuff. 
was called Plugged In, but since I was uh, let go from the network, we've decided to call it Unplugged, and it will be free to all the listeners starting February 2nd on Tuesday nights at 11.30 Eastern Time, 9.30 Mountain Standard Time. Recapping ECW. Exactly. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to play, we're going to go out, I'm going to play a Royal Rumble promo for our next pay-per-view. And we'll finish it out with Song of the Night. So thanks to everyone who might have uh, stopped by for the first time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Listening to Sunday Night Showdown. If you're a long-time listener, thank you again. Uh, the phone calls tonight were fantastic. We had quite the number of calls tonight. Keep that coming in. And this show will just continue to evolve and become the best radio show in professional wrestling today. With that being said, guys, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the Royal Rumble.